If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, Pump. The first 55 minutes of this episode is our uh, typical chit-chat conversation. We talk about close calls when we were children. Yeah. Uh, Adam almost got kidnapped once. <laughs> he blocked it out. We talk about the movie Wally and uh, Justin's farm gym idea. It's brilliant. It's super. Think about it. Smart. All this wasted work that we're doing right now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Adam brings up his new uh, far infrared blankie. Mm. Mm, helps him sleep. Sounds so snuggable. Sucks somebody dreams <laughs> he has it on. Uh, we talk about the dog and pet obesity epidemic. Stop <laughs> feeding your dogs. I will be honest though. Fat dogs are cuter than than <laughs> lean dogs. So I'm just yeah, saying. They're all wheezy. They're yeah. still cuter. Yeah. Uh, I also mentioned how curcumin, uh, the active ingredient in turmeric, is a phytocannabinoid and has anti-inflammatory Effects. That's right. It affects the CB1 receptors, the same receptors that cannabinoids from CB1 receptors from marijuana. Are you making fun of me? No. That marijuana uh, affects. So it's got anti-inflammatory effects in similar ways. I talk about Organifi's turmeric because it's super high quality. We have a discount for our listeners through Organifi. If you go to OrganifiShop.com, enter the code MindPump, you'll get a discount on turmeric and any of their other products. We also talk about the dangers. Of Wi-Fi, otherwise known as (laughs) Wi-Fi. And the emerging science of the microbiome. That's a whole city in your gut that probably runs your life. Yeah. Then we get into the questions. The first question was, this individual is getting ready to have a baby with their wife. They ask us what kind of advice we have to help them maintain their fitness, recovery. uh, Also, what kind of advice we have for a new father. Batten down the hatches. Right. We're actually directing all this. That question was to Adam. He didn't yeah. know that. But we <laughs> he were, contributed a lot. We were, we were passively <laughs> aggressively put that up there. Yeah. Uh, the next question was, this person would love to hear our thoughts and commentary on the Aspire Assist bariatric procedure. This is a tube, no joke, I'm not making this up, mm. a device that's a tube that literally connects to your stomach, just so right through there. your skin, you eat whatever you want, then you just open the valve and you dump it out into the toilet. Like Ingo the Oreos. It's for all the, the lazy Oreos. bulimic people. I'm not making this up. It's crazy, but yes, it's an FDA-approved uh, procedure. The next question was, uh, is it true that you get bigger before you get smaller? It sounds sexual, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> this, uh, this person uh, wants to lose weight, but they've heard that... At first, they gain muscle, so they look a little bit bigger first, and then the fat starts to come off. Is this true? And finally, somebody wants to know if we are ever going to go to Burning Man. The answer to that is maybe find out how you can get us to Burning Man. Mm. <laughs> this, we need a sponsor. In fishing. this episode. Finally, this month, we know everybody's starting to get ready for summer. It's like two months away. You want to look good. You want to look trim. You want to look ripped especially in your ab area. Let me tell you something, gentlemen. If you want the ladies to pay attention to you, mm. develop a six-pack. Well, we have- And get some baby oil. And, yeah, and we, and maybe. We have a program specifically designed for your midsection, so it's a workout just for the core. It's called the No BS Six-Pack Formula. Extremely effective. 
designed to build the abs so that you can see them at higher body fat percentages. Well, we're giving that away for free if you enroll in any of our MAPS bundles. Now, MAPS bundles are where we take individual MAPS programs and combine them together like Voltron. That's right. You know Voltron? You take the individual lions. Last time I referenced that, people gave me shit. Let me tell you something. Voltron is a badass cartoon when I was a kid. It was made up of these... These, uh, as Adam would say, electronical dragons, or, or, or I should, <laughs> it's yeah. perfectly there. Symbol, yeah, or yeah, and and and, and they're badass on their own, just like the mass programs. The mass programs on it's their true. own will defeat. They're colored a lot like they're the mass awesome. programs. But then you take these programs, if you combine them, you can create some pretty awesome magic. That's what a bundle is. So we discount them too. We take you two, three, Megatron, four mega, uh, excuse me, maps programs, <laughs> combine them together. We cut the price like 30 percent off. That's what we do with the bundle. Well, if you get a bundle. You get the No BS six-pack formula for free. The best bundle, the Voltron of all of our bundles, You're right. You're right. is the Super Bundle. It's a super year. Super Bundle is Voltron. A year of exercise programming. So if you're like, hey, look, man, I just want to be super awesome in a year. I want to put the work in, but I need a plan. I need a program. Get the Super Bundle. It's all planned out for you from day one to day 365. It's all set up for you. Videos, demos. We teach you what to do. We're there to support you. It's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, that's the super bundle. Get that. You get the no BS six pack formula for free, or you can get individual mass programs. If you have more questions, just go to our website, mindpumpmedia.com. You can also enroll in the programs, by the way. Again, mindpumpmedia.com. Can I just tell you something, Justin? You'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. My kids walk to school in the morning, mm-hmm. and uh, my son has a cell phone, and I, he, I tell him, text me when you get to school. No text. So I didn't get a text this morning. Uh-oh. Yeah, so there's like this, you know when you, like for a second, you feel like you start to consider like, oh my God, something happened. Oh, right. That feeling you get. Yes. I went from cool, I had a great morning, cool, mm-hmm. to super panic in such a short period of time. <laughs> and then I call the school and then they're like, oh yeah, your, your kids yeah, are Yeah, he here. made it. Yeah, no problem. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, he just forget and just was like, ah, I don't know. And he comes home today, he's getting a beating. Oh I can tell you yeah, that much right now. Of course, just kidding. I'm yeah. not gonna beat him, Doug. Hardcore. I'm not gonna actually beat. Him. But uh, no, I think he probably just forgot. But and I thought about it, man. When, when I was a kid, I used to walk to walk to school, walk home. Like my mom didn't know if I made it to school or not until later that day, right? <laughs> yeah, until he, <laughs> he came home that next yeah. day, dude. I used to walk home on these horse trails, and there was they literally was rattlesnakes and shit, and like homeless people and <laughs> no way. it was crazy and like we just would walk home it'd take me probably like grow up? Homeless 30 minutes and rattlesnakes that's a weird <laughs> yeah, combination it's weird, I know, it is weird. <laughs> it's weird but it's I true. just envisioned Justin like yeah. skipping with his like transformer lunchbox and like, <laughs> rattlesnake bomb <laughs> ah! it was just like waking up with a 40 ounce <laughs> and then some like fucking snakes almost eating my ankles yeah it sounds like a like a, a video game it like, was kind of like pitfall shit. yeah you got like <laughs> and, yeah. how old were you when you you started walking home and walking to school i think i was in uh sixth sixth grade sixth grade yeah. you would believe me if i told you you were you were probably were you, like, you a latchkey kid you were like an Adam? infant no my sister and i were uh walking to school in third and fifth grade and we had to cross a major highway and it was about oh a mile and a half two miles from our our neighborhood so it was, a, it was a little bit of a, a hike in my parents. What, did you guys ever have a scary close call walking to school? Walking you know what's, that, and now that's the weird part. Uh, you know, that's why I guess I didn't think it was as big of a deal and start, until I got way older and I started to hear other parents like get all freaked out about or driving their kid to the bus stop, which was fucking, 
you know, a hundred yards away from their house. Like I, I just would scratch my head. Like, this doesn't make sense. That's so weird. My mom used to make us fucking get up and hike to school yeah. early and we didn't get, she didn't follow us out or watch us from the porch. <laughs> it's like but you, packed, she packed her lunch. You know what I'm saying? Like, so here's your lunch pail. There you or, go. Yeah. See you later. You type know, of deal. We had to make our own lunch. But yeah, no, we didn't. Um, you never had a scary situation or a close call? No, I, I think the the, the the scariest would be as if we got distracted. Like, see, now when you're a kid, you know, and you don't you don't think about this. Like, you know, there'd be times where my sister and I would, would come home from school and we'd see other people walking from home and then we'd throw rocks and we'd play around and like, you know, so we could be home an hour later than what, what we should be home from school and then we'd get in trouble. So we get in trouble for stuff like that because... You know, mom was like, you get schools out at, you know, 2.30 or whatever. Why are you not home till 4? Like, what the hell? So, but I mean, we had that much freedom as a kid. Like, we could just, we go. It's really weird to think about. You ever wonder? And it was way scarier that yeah. during that time. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. so here's, so I thought about this the other day because statistically, it's safer today than it was when we were kids. I mean, in terms of kidnappings and like shit that would happen to your kids or stuff that happens to kids far lower today than when we were kids in the you know late in the 80s and 90s right but i wonder if the reason why it's lower is because less kids are walking you know what i mean what if what if it's what if it's just as bad as it was back then yeah but the reason why that's how what if kidnappers are like damn like nobody walks anymore yeah oh man yeah let's go we gotta find new well that's what i would argue the other side i would argue is that it is it's because because people's parents are so paranoid now and we have so many helicopter parents well maybe there's some maybe there's some truth to that's why they're why it's safer now, right? Because parents, what if it makes mm. it more dangerous? Like you're the only parent that has your kid walking around. And the kidnappers are like all like, oh my god, yeah. like yes, yeah. a, a unicorn. <laughs> you yeah. say you say that like there's like a like a bar of like <laughs> kidnappers all hanging out they're together. They're all just like <laughs> they, they, like they all a, canoodle together. A Facebook group. Yeah. 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 They're all playing cards, and yeah. this this poor kid walks. That's by. the world we live in now. <gasps> we're like there probably is a a kidnapper Facebook group. I bet you there oh, is. Oh my god. I bet you there. Is. Is. Oh, that makes me actually. Oh, Doug just said he's, he's a part of it. No. Joke, Doug, you're a part of a Facebook kidnap group. No, no, no. Don't even joke around about that. That's terrible. He's, yeah, he's like, yeah, don't even joke about that, dude. I've been, we, I've been out of that group for at least ten yeah. years. Yeah, come on, man. I, I gave my card back. He's, yeah. he's all, yeah. Today's nine months. So dude, I, I, uh, my, I, we actually had a close call once. Not we. My sister did. My sister walked home once by herself, and I don't remember why she did that, but. She was walking home and then she comes home and she's like crying. And my dad's like, what's the matter? And she goes, some man pulled up next to her. And the cool, here's a good thing that my parents did. This is the good side effect of having overly, my parents were definitely, especially my mom, old school Sicilian. She'll put the fear in you. And what I mean by that is like, she'll say shit like the, like, don't talk to anybody. The garbage man will steal you. The, the mailman. So you're walking home and you're like, oh shit, like nobody. <laughs> so my sister was walking home and some guy drove up, some man drove up and a car opened his door and he's like, hey, do you want to play with my my kittens? Actually, oh had, yes. God. And my sister who loves- I love kittens. <laughs> loves Everybody loves kittens. kittens. <laughs> she stopped for a second and she looked and then she remembered my mom always told her, do not ever. So she said, no, thank you. And then the man kind of kept cruising next to her. So she ran home. Wow. She told my dad, and my dad was, thank God he didn't run into anybody. Because it could have been anybody. He could have run into some dude and just assumed it was him. That man would have died. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I remember yeah. my dad's like the, the look I in his face. totally understand oh, that, that man. rage. Yep. That was that close call. And then I had a close call once where I was riding my bike, and uh, we were I think we were on our way home from school. And uh, I stopped at my friend's house. He had like one of those red 
those wagons. What are they called? The radio yeah, flyer. Radio flyer. Radio yeah. flyer. Uh-huh. He was in the back of the wagon, and I was pulling him with my bike. And there was a car coming on the road, and I'm like, "Oh, I'll make it." And I went around the car, but I forgot I had the wagon. So, <laughs> whoa, dude, bro, oh, what a no. bad friend you are! <laughs> he, like, oh, I totally got this. He missed my friend by like molecules. Like, he, oh it was my God, dude. so close to killing my friend in wow. the back of, the, and he honked hella like hella loud. Wow. So the neighbors came out and everything, and. I got in big trouble for that. Those are the two close calls we had. Oh my god! Yeah. I, you know, you, I, I've That's never gnarly. thought about this, but I don't think I've ever had any close. Maybe my, my parents just thought that uh, you know, such a pain in the ass that anybody who kidnapped me would give me back. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. messed up. Yeah. <laughs> What's the return policy yeah. on this kid? Yeah. Yeah. Take this son of a bitch back. We don't want him. They're all happy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys have candy, dude. I have some of that crack. So last night, uh, Katrina and I we were getting caught up on our billion show, and. In comes this text. She's talking to uh, her niece. Her niece moved out to New York um, this last year. She's the one that works for Facebook, I've told you guys before, as a recruiter. And, um, you know, so she's new to the area. So she hops on, you know, the local fucking tender or whatever whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she's on there. So she sends a screenshot to me last night of who pops up as a match for her. And I, I instantly die laughing right away. And it is, uh, what's his face from Shreds, the CEO Arvin. No, in the, yes. wait, wait, here in the Bay Area? He's, no, she's he's in New York. Oh, oh, in New York? Yeah, she. So she just moved to New York. Wow. So she saw his Tinder profile. No, she didn't see his Tinder. He comes up as her matched. They matched them together. Oh. <laughs> so they're connected. No, no. <laughs> right, right. So I'm looking at and uh, which I, I thought was kind of crazy. Like you're a, a CEO of a multi-million dollar company and you're and you have like a million followers on Instagram and you're still on on uh, these. Maybe po- it's fake. No, no, it's real. She's already contacted him. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. So he's 33. He went to Rutgers University. Uh, about him. Forbes featured CEO. You got to put that for first. Thing. Yeah, yeah for first sure. thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I would put that too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If I'm on in Forbes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's an article about me. That's a, yeah, that's a, yeah, mu- yeah no yeah. big deal. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's there. It's, yeah, it's small, an ink. Small piece. Yeah. Uh, well-groomed and detailed oriented. Uh, an ambitious woman is sexy. Being able to hold an intellectual conversation is a must. Having a sense of humor is a plus. And then he's got four pictures of himself. Um, all very cool pictures. You know, he's got the... Green sunglasses on right. inside, and then uh, he's got a full a f- makeup, full beard, dude. He's yeah. got a, a great full beard. Let me see. Look at it right here. His here. beard is—it's it. like perfectly lined up to like where there's no imperfection. Yeah, yeah right. you wouldn't guess though. That's somewhere. a healthy beard. Healthy. Yeah. He right. might—he might dye his beard. I didn't know he was younger yeah, than us. Huh? I thought he was. I our, know. I thought yeah. he was our age or older. Mm. You know, he's only thirty-three. No, yeah. I didn't know. That. He's a I don't pup. Know. If, he's if, a I, pup. If, if you were a girl, would you? Would you swipe? He's a youngin. What is it, right? What connects you, right or left? I don't know. Uh, whatever. You're asking me like I've been on Tinder. Dude. <laughs> if you, I know I'm looking at you like, which one do you like, do? Want? Adam. Doug's the Tinder guy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> which, if you do were, we ever have Doug on Tinder? If no, you we were didn't. a chick, would you would you try to meet up with Arvin? I mean, yeah, based off his profile. Yeah, because he's got a great beard. He's got cool sunglasses. Really? And he's been in Forbes. Really? I'd, yeah. I'd bang it just because of that. Really? I'd, but I'd I'm look, totally. I'm a superficial chick. It's like a hit yeah. it and quit it. Did we do this? Didn't we do it? If we were chicks, I would look at this and hit it and quit it. I'd look at this and be like. Uh, your beard is far too lined up. Looks like you you wax the fuck out of your eyebrows. Mm. I you know because if I'm a girl, I'm, I want to be in. I want to date a guy. I don't want to date another girl. So it feels like yeah. it's a little bit too. So no, he's not my type. Oh, see, wow. so I'm I'm okay I'm with you like the manly stuff. men. Uh, you know, maybe you like, you're like a bear. Maybe yeah, you're yeah. like a bear kind of guy. Uh, 
Don't get excited, I mean, Justin. I mean, okay. I mean, <laughs> I, at, I'm going with you. You're, I mean, look at this picture right here. Yeah. Eyeliner and lipstick. Okay. Am I wrong? It's it's a pretty look. Tell me, Justin. You were a girl. Yeah, yeah. Would I'm you like, say yes or no? You know, I'm like it's it's kind of kind of girl with a beard vibe. Kind of right. Yeah. You'd say no. No. Yeah. Just, yeah. Adam for no. sure would hit it's it. It's not a dude. Yeah, for sure. I think you. He's hit got it. gorgeous eyes. I yeah. mean, he's he's pretty. <laughs> He's pretty. He's got gorgeous. Don't lie, bro. Yeah. You just, you just. It, it, at that point, it's competitive, though. Don't, you know what I mean? Like you're a pretty girl, and you right. look at that, you're like, this is competitive. Right. Yeah. So I can tell all my girlfriends that I, I banged a Forbes CEO. That's that, that's oh, it. I see. You're yeah. a gold digger. That's the yeah. angle. <laughs> I totally, <laughs> totally. I knew it. If I was a chick, I would totally be that girl. I knew I you were a gold sure. digger for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was fascinating that he was even on something like that because I would think like, man, slide in a couple DMs, bro. Wow. You're in like you got a million people following you right now. You got to keep us updated with the progress. Although I will tell you this you know i'll ask her i don't think she's really gonna go on a date she's no. like, i don't think that's her, her type uh, whatsoever have her ask him for although she I, should just for investigation right. for us that's a good point have yeah, her ask I'm, for a dick pic i want to see her to do send. some work for us whoa yeah i want to see i want to see if he'll send a dick pic whoa, whoa, whoa i don't want to see that do you want to look at it no i just want to know if he'll send it Wow. Although I do imagine, a lot. I can imagine though it's probably all lined up. I think and, that, and I think also, <laughs> you know what I mean? Fully groomed, yeah, and, 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 and shiny, like, and also dyed black. I don't yeah. want the bad karma. Good lighting. Dude. I think you get bad karma for trying to set up another dude to get a dick pic. Yeah. That's true. You know like, what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. box lights. Like you're gonna like get, you're you're gonna get fucking a catfish for that, bro. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. because you did that, you're like, yeah. oh fuck. Yeah. Great. There's Are there guys that just like rip you know pics off the internet and just send them to girls like, for sure dude i for so sure girls, i thought about that the other day i was like Everyone, those catfish dude, let me tell you something that must be if the you're move. a guy don't ever send a dick pic and here's why i know this because my so my my girlfriend's friends we had this conversation once and anytime a guy sends a dick pic the first thing they do is they show their friends so one of her friends gets a dick pic. So I know. Yeah, it's like, like, hey, what do you think? You know what they? You know what they do? You know what dudes do? Apparently, I guess this is super common. I, I, according to her friends, they'll send a dick pic, and there's certain angles that they'll send it from, obviously mm-hmm. to make it look bigger. Yeah. But then they'll send it next to something for reference. Okay, so, like, so you get like a pencil. Yeah, so, <laughs> a pencil. <laughs> so <laughs> it looks impressive, bro. So this guy sends her a dick pic. And she, he has his like his remote control next to it, like, <laughs> just to show. Just her. watching TV, yeah. just, and it's my dog. Just so you know how yeah. big it is. Yeah. You know how big them direct TV remote controls <laughs> direct are. Direct TV. My dick. Yeah, almost, you gotta you gotta find the skinniest remote. Yeah. My dick know? reaches the the play button. Perspective <laughs> on that thing. Yeah. You, know you don't want one of those multi remotes. You know the one that like does everything in your house. The old the school. big ass. Like, what about the old school? Do you guys remember old school remote controls? Do you remember this thing? We had one. It was like this huge rectangle. It was like five. <laughs> Buttons. It was like seriously, like the size of a football. Yeah, and there's like five buttons on it. Yeah, it was like up, down, uh, and maybe volume was. And we would there. still fucking lose it. Yeah. How do you lose that big old yeah. brick? You know what was a remote control when I was a kid? Me. I was the remote control. <laughs> you would yeah. go up. I remember there. that shit. I would yeah. sit there. We'd watch TV. Did and your dad like throw something at your head? You know. No, my dad. My dad would be like, "Go change the channel," and yeah. I'd have to go over and like, yeah. and you know, go, it, okay, next one. It's cr- it's yeah. crazy when we think about that. That we we did grow up in a gener- generation that did have and didn't have remotes at one point. Like I remember yeah. as a kid, like the dial knob and having to go push the TV. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, but here's the thing. And actually, Taylor and I were talking about this morning. We were over in Willow Glen having breakfast and talking. And, uh, you know, we had the scooters that the other day we were fucking around with. There, oh, there's a couple next to you. Yeah, that was so yeah. fun. Right. Very cool, right? Yeah. And now they have the bikes everywhere and they're all, everything's electric bikes. And I was telling Taylor, I was like, you know, what's crazy is that's super cool, right? So I'm not knocking it. But I think what we just don't realize is 
we slowly start taking all these little things out of our life that would would create movement and would burn calories. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that you just wouldn't have to do. I mean, riding a bike effortlessly on flat ground across town for three miles is so easy to do. But <laughs> now that it's electric, I mean, you literally just you just cut. You did more than cut your calories in half that you would burn pedaling that yeah. bike. Mm-hmm. Zero so, effort now, right? And then you and then you look at these things that we started to like eliminate from our lives, and then we wonder why we're having such, we're struggling so much with burning calories and and losing body fat. It's oh, the- it was crazy because when I was in San Diego, they had the same thing, right? You see everybody on electric scooters, electric bikes, and you're just like, dude, there is nobody like legit exercise anymore. And it's the perfect environment for it. You know, it's, it's I was tripping out about that. Yeah. Too. That's the knock that I have on a, a lot of the these futuristic like sci-fi movies that we see come out is that's the one piece I don't think they depict correctly is if you look at the statistically what's happening with obesity and the, the, how much it's been on the rise and then what you see what's happening with technology. Like you never see that this in the movie, but I like I would see. I think we're just a bunch of fucking obese people yeah. sitting on sitting in front of computers. There was and, one futuristic movie that was pretty ac- that was like that, and that Wall-E. was really? Wall-E. Yeah. Have you seen Wall-E? No, I haven't seen Wall-E. You haven't seen oh, Wall-E? No. Oh, perfect. Oh, great cartoon, yeah. but a little depressing because they're in the future and they're on the spaceship because they left Earth like generations ago. Yeah. And everybody's massively obese in these little floating chairs, and they only talk to each other through a screen, even though they're right next to each other. It's through. A screen, right? It's, there's one scene where like the ship like pitches real strong. Everybody falls out of their chair and, and they just, just uh, yeah, they just they roll just around to roll. Slide like down. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. yeah. See, like, I think that I that's scary to think. I don't know, man. I feel like if we if we in the future we have the technology to live on a spaceship in space, yeah, that should be, be able to solve. Well, that's a problem, right? That that we will we will look at it as a problem that we're going to solve, uh-huh. and so it's going to be one of those uh, like things where we're going to try and solve it the easiest way possible with some kind of like yeah. nanobot pill. or a pill a pill that like yeah. allows you to stop cravings, right? So yeah. it allows me to binge for a day but then Are i can you, like take a pill and now i don't even want those you step pills. into some resistance chamber you know and then all of a sudden your muscles get stimulated it, without working yeah see there's wally right there see, oh okay see, yeah no, i, can, I can get on board with this bro yeah. this is what i think it's you gonna... should watch that movie dude you and your yeah. girl would really like it you know it is it's a good it's movie. one of my favorite ones yeah. is it really that my good? kids yeah. loved it too yeah oh it's one of the best ones it's i've a, seen yeah. one of the best pixar movies by far yeah for sure I'm so, sold. I'm yeah. sold. Yep. Anyway, no, I. You know, it's it. What do you? You know, what do you always say? Our greatest strength is our greatest weakness. Right. Humans. What What makes us pretty awesome is we're constantly aiming at making things more efficient. Mm-hmm. Like we're always working hard together uh, to try to make things easier on us, and as a result of that, because the natural state of humankind or mankind is hard. It's grinding poverty it's starvation it's disease it's like it's cold it's hot it's it's tough we're like animals but we've created these environments that are just super like no other animal hat lives the way we do and it's just going to keep getting easier because we constantly are aiming at making things more and more and more efficient to the point where yeah i'm sure it's going to be where we're not moving i mean it's funny that we have gyms that's kind of weird right if you think about it well, it, it basically replaces like farm work and like hard work. You know, you're just like Dude. deliberately doing it in this confined area at this time frame, you know, instead of just like lifting heavy shit all day. Try explaining a gym to somebody a thousand years ago. You imagine that? You like sit down in front of somebody like, okay, so we have a spot where you go in and you lift heavy things. Like, oh, what are you building? 
Oh, nothing. You just lift them and you put them back down. This goes back to my idea a long time. We might have discussed this a long time ago, but like instead of having a gym, you have like an actual like commune farm where you where everybody goes for an hour and like contributes like hard ass labor and like lifts shit and moves it and like produces like actual food and, and people actually like do work again. That's brilliant. But they pay you to do it. Yeah. So now you can sell them for so Yeah, cheap. it's a membership. That sounds so like, pro- like oh, I'm going to a gym. Yeah, you're not doing shit for everybody. Why? Yeah. You go lift stuff that that contributes. You know, there was a gym or a chain of gyms that tried to do that where you'd go in there and the cardio equipment would generate electricity. Did that ever yes. Ha- that was something that I thought of. I don't think that's ever happened. I don't no, know. in Oregon, it. they have one. Yeah. That, do they? Yeah, uh-huh. it actually powers the it's entire- a full, It's a full green gym? Mm-hmm. Because I thought everything, everything from like the roof would be oh, solar panel, yeah. it would catch the rain, it would be fucking, all the treadmills would power power the electricity or power any sort of electricity inside the building. Yeah. I even thought of like a membership idea that actually the more you exercise, the more you contribute to the gym. Sweat equity. The, yeah, sweat equity. So you would, so if you're somebody who has a membership, just say your membership, you're paying full price. But if you actually come in and use it and produce you energy, less. there's people less. that are working on that. So, yeah. It's got to exist. So that's a personal, yeah, they're working on that. that's a personal trainer strategy that's that's been getting more popular. Have you heard of this? Where I have heard of this where they actually get their, they, I've seen some of these challenges where you get your money back if you actually yep, fall So through. you'll yeah. pay like $300 to enter into this fitness challenge. And if you lose the weight that you commit to in the beginning, you get money back. Then you get your money back yeah. and you know what sucks about that is that they're profitable so yeah. what does that tell you yeah well they're super 80% lots of people, yeah fail i've seen trainer too. i've seen trainers who are like no this is like the model this works really well it's kind yeah. of fucked up to, to think that you know i don't know you kind of prey off of yeah, the the losers it doesn't sit well with me you know yeah. I mean? it do doesn't either like you're taking yeah. advantage of it yeah. it just sense. feels weird yeah to me. it does it does <laughs> feel weird <laughs> hey, i'd rather just be open and tell them about it so adam you're saying you slept hard last night oh so you know, the, I wasn't planning on bringing this up because uh, th- this is not a sponsor of ours, but they did send over uh, this box to me, and I've been kind of going through everything. It's The company is for FIR, so I, I'm assuming that the FIR stands for Far Infrared. And we've mentioned this on the show before about, like, the Under Armour shirts that are coming out. So uh, ev- the the infrared technology is exploding right now. You mm-hmm. can see it in the, the Red Sauna, the Juve Light, and... You know, leave it to the industry like anything else. We get a little bit of good science, and now, you know, it's all over the place. Everybody's mm-hmm, doing things. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking into this company. I'm really fascinated. with What really drew me to them originally was they're, they're marketing to pets. And so my guys, like, have, like, high anxiety and shit like that. And so I have dogs that are like this that I'd like to calm down and relax. And they have these beds and blankets and things for the dogs. And they have it for humans, too. And they sent me a whole care package of all this cool shit that I haven't even had a chance to use or anything. Mm. I have opened up this blanket and it's a big blanket it fits like katrina and i underneath it it's unbelievably soft and comfortable so hmm. even if it doesn't work i like the blanket like now I'm, do you plug it in or so anything? it emits no. yeah i was gonna say infrared is that the idea that that's the idea in it right so how does it emit just from the the maybe it reflects back the infrared you're creating with your body heat or something that's what i think i okay. think i think i think it reflects it back uh and back onto your body how thick is the the blanket it's not that thick actually it's pretty thin um you know, it's oh. So I thought you were talking. I know. About, I thought you were talking about a different product. I thought so. you were talking about the weighted blankets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The heavy. Well, blankets. it does feel kind of weighted too. So, so it is a heavy. Yeah, it does, for for as thin as it is, it feels dense. it feels dense. Okay. Hmm. So it may have something in it. I haven't had. A, I haven't dug in enough to actually. That's why when you brought it up, I was like, well, fuck, I haven't done enough of my own research right now to be able to speak really intelligently. I about, totally thought you were talking about the, the mm-hmm, gravity blankets <laughs> or whatever. Blanket, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, this is this is uh, infrared. 
It's like it's more like the Under Armour technology of what, mm, uh, right, what right. like uh, Tom, Tom Brady, Brady is sleeping in every night, right? Now, I hadn't brought it up because I'd just been kind of testing it out, but I've slept with it every night for the last I don't know four. I'm on four or five nights now, and really weird. I'm sleeping like heavy, so, and nothing's changed in my routine. Diet's the same, exercise the same, same time going to bed pretty much. I mean, like my routine isn't like oddly weird right now, right? And I'm getting, I'm sleeping fucking hard, but almost too hard. I'm waking up in the morning where I, I feel a little groggy when I first get up, but I also am recognizing that I, I'm sleeping more through the night. Like, so I get up a lot to go to the restroom at least two, three times a night. So I haven't been doing that lately and I've been sleeping so hard. I've been sleeping all through mm-hmm. the night, but then I also feel a little groggy from it. So I don't know what it is yet. I haven't put it all together. But it's pretty fascinating. Interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'll look into it. I thought you were talking about the gravity blankets, which I for sure noticed those make a big difference with Mm -hmm. the the, kind of heavy weighted ones because they make you feel, I don't know, secure or whatever. Right. But the far far infrared blankets, and this one you don't plug in or anything, so I'm- I'm assuming it's got something that reflects back your, the, the right. The, I'm ass, I'm assuming it's the exact same technology. Is it hot underneath it? Mm-mm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, like you said, we get one piece of science that has kind of has a breakthrough, and so you see like this far infrared being, you know, emitted through saunas. You see it emitted through these lights, and now it's in your blankets and your clothes. It's it's just like <laughs> they go fucking crazy with it. Well, yeah, I, no, it's it's. I mean, it feels like it's a little weighted. Like, but it's it's not. Um, they don't market it and advertise it as a mm. you know a weighted blanket. It's a it's a far infrared. Well, blanket. I know that infrared. I mean, that type of you know light or radiation does penetrate tissue deeper. Um, it does dilate blood vessels and open up capillaries and all that stuff. And that may just be relaxing because. And this is pure speculation, by the way. I have no idea uh, what the science is behind it, but. When you're in a stressed out or fight or flight kind of state, your your blood vessels tend to constrict. You get a vasoconstrictive effect where everything constricts and you're like ready to pounce or move. And so that may, the fact that it dilates blood vessels and, re- and relaxes those things may just be giving you that feedback to your body that says, oh, we can relax. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're things good. are okay. Maybe. I don't know. Because mm. then again, if I'm in a super hot room, I'm not sleeping well, and that'll dilate the fuck out of your blood vessels. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I'm Like I said, I'm, I'm testing it out. They gave me a bunch of different things. So, I, and I originally, I was excited. I'm like willing to try anything with the boys, you know, anything that makes them sleep really well or calms them down. Because I do. I have dogs that have anxiety, you know. I have fucking, you know, 2,000 and... 18 year old you know, the, the fucking this generation of ADD it's, it's, it's trickled into my fucking bulldogs oh, no. yeah, yeah, it's, it's gone into the pet level yes, huh? it's gone to the pet oh, level now. Pets. Yeah, it's either Adderall or the fucking far infrared oh, no. fucking blanket you know what I'm saying yeah. so, I'm, do they have issues sleeping uh, you know, with if I if they're exercising well, I'm feeding them good. They're and and all that is in line. They sleep pretty well. Otherwise, if I don't, if I if they're overfed, under under exercise or anything like that at all, then it's it's off. So and they, it's crazy because with them, it, there's an easy measure engaged because they're they snore loud, and they're loud as fuck when you're not if they're not being exercised, they're not being fed well, and they and I take and they go to bed. They're they're so loud when they sleep. But if I actually wear them out, they're 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 good on their weight. They're not overeating because the bulldogs can overeat really easy. Like a lot of people 
uh, over. In fact, my my breeder always gives me shit about their weight. Like, oh, you need to feed them more. Feed them more. You know, they're like the Italian family. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like, no, I don't need to feed them more. Oh, I get that all the time too. Oh, yeah. they always want me to feed them more, and I'm like, no, you guys overfeed them. Like, I feed the dogs. I treat the dogs the same way I treat myself, which is. Yeah. I feed according according to my activity. So for some reason, I've been traveling. I've been super busy. They're not getting a walk or two walks a day. I'm not feeding them fucking four or six cups of food every single day. It doesn't make sense to do that. They're not. They're. It's no different for them than it is us. They're yeah, there's a lot of obese uh, bulldogs. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, there's. Ob- oh, I mean, you know that a lot of obese dogs. There's a lot of obese animals. That's yeah. it. That's the, the in general. I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen that. Have you ever seen that chart before? Like the yep. increase in obesity in animals. Yep. No, but yep. I believe it. Yeah. And, oh, you know, and, and cancer rates. Cancer yes. rates have exploded. Cancer and obesity is exploded just as fast and hard in in animals that it has. Well, I've seen we- the shift from grains, you yep. know, over to to meat. And so I, I, I've noticed that they are trying to address that and trying to get more organic food. To, oh, to the, do, the dog food stuff starting to change now? Because yeah. it used to be just shit. It was yeah, just, just corn oh, yeah, it's and a bunch of grain. And you're literally shit that's like you're left feeding, over. Yeah. And you're feeding your dog what they feed cattle to fatten them up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kind mm-hmm. of the same kind of stuff. It's funny. I wonder when you're, if we're going to see companies like, and I think Organifi would be a perfect company to make this transition. I think in the future, we're going to see lots of these companies not only do like food for humans, but also food for animals. The way we are with our animals, we bring them everywhere they go. It's we're, a huge market. It's a huge market. Huge and, market. And it's continuing. It's tindling. Oh, what's that say, Doug? Oh, uh, was it 59% of animals are obese? It's got uh, some cutesy graphics to kind of display that. Dude, you know, this is such a, this is such a <laughs> first- I trust cutesy graphics. Such a first charts. world problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in a country like America with all this food and Of abundance. course. Anywhere else they'd eat them. Yeah. Like animals <laughs> so are- Anywhere else they would be starving. So when my, my dad used to, my dad used to trip out when my dad came mm, to this country. fat dog. You got to keep in mind too. My dad came to this country when he was 19 and he was, his generation in Sicily still the poorer part of Italy- but when he was a kid, it was also it was also much more poor, and his family's also poor on top of that. So they're not just Sicilians; they're also poor Sicilians during a time when it was much more, you know, much more of that going on. He used to come over here and he used to trip out that people would have like their animals in their houses and they'd have their own little sections and people preparing them food. He's like, "What?" He goes, "Fuck! People treat animals here better than uh, yeah. than people." You know, he's like, "This trips me out." It's, it's kind of crazy. Well, we also grew up in the generation yeah, of uh, picking up dog shit and not picking up dog shit. You remember that? Oh, yeah. nobody picked up dog yeah, shit. Yeah, that, that didn't exist when we were kids. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Dog you try wa- and kind of brush it off so you don't like deliberately Dude, step on it. You but de- that you didn't, didn't even exist. The, yeah. I, and I don't. Remember. That's so true. I forgot about yes. that. Yes, and there was then at one point there was like this hard transition. Then all of a sudden it became like, oh my god, you just let your dog shit on there. Oh the, yeah. And you didn't oh, pick it up? Please, if somebody spots you not picking your dog yeah. shit up, oof, yeah, they're coming yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, it's bad as blowing smoke in their kid's face for yeah. cigarettes. Now too. it's like, you know that you know that uh, next door, that, that uh, community or whatever, that platform? Have you heard of next no, door? No, I haven't heard okay, of it. Okay, so next door, it's like basically, it's where neighbors all go to collectively fucking complain about everybody. Oh, yeah, right. we, yeah. We have, it's we have, so obnoxious. We I get have emails all the time. We have it. it. We're connected to it in our neighborhood. <laughs> so that's like one of those things that pops up all the time. Like, this dog dog and this owner came by and they took a shit and they didn't pick it up they're like it's this is just a continuous like problem oh my god yeah. that's so funny yeah, yeah it's yeah. so annoying i must have stepped in dog shit once a week when i was a kid there was always dog yeah. shit everywhere. You know right I mean? yeah right yeah. Like, ah, ah you got me yeah. yeah i just think it's it's fascinating that it was something that we were we didn't do whatsoever and mm-hmm. then now it's because it's like i said again similar to the the cigarette thing the only difference though is like the shit's good for the grass 
The that's shit's that's good what for I'm you. saying. That's why it's that's why that's weird to me. Like obviously I get understand the blowing smoke at a restaurant or like that. That makes a lot of sense why that's you know demonized now. Mm-hmm. But the the dog shitting on the dirt or the well, grass. What annoys me is I, mean, I get it's annoying if you step in it. What annoys it. me is the trails that you would you're allowed as a human to go on and go through all these awesome trails, but you can't bring a dog on a leash. Uh, because it's gonna like disrupt the environment with like the fucking mountain lions and like squirrels and everybody else. Like, oh, really? I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's all kinds of trails in Santa Cruz and everything. Like, so you, you can't, can't have dogs. Dog. Yeah, is that because- so? I do it anyway. You know, like, oh, you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you put, there's probably something you're missing. You know what? I wonder if that no. ha- you don't think it has something to do with like the scent of the dog probably throws off. Probably the- if, I, if I'm letting them pee on stuff. Right, like, right. Yeah. So you just probably fucked anybody who wants to see like any real sure, but it's real it's wild nature. Yeah. Like, oh, like <laughs> some just little like endangered birds gonna be like, and then like croak. You know, no, I don't think it'll, I think it'll go away. Right, I think that's yeah. the I think that's the thought process. Yeah. Right, I think it's I like think it's stupid. I don't know. I think it's stupid. That's what dogs are. It's an animal. That's what trails are for. You can't handle an animal scent then you're fucking hey, a weak animal let me ask you a question let me ask you guys a question when you're on a trail and you're two miles into the trail and you gotta take a piss oh, what I do piss, you do I smell yeah. the bush and if someone oh, peed I'm, there before me I piss oh. all over it <laughs> you smell the bush you mark your territory I see it pee on top of pee this smells like Justin I'm fucking pissing all over this dude I come back and shit on it dude that's what I do I got some cool shit to share with you guys before I forget because I just remembered yesterday I told you guys about GW Pharmaceutical and what happened with them right so GW is, this is for the listeners, they are the leading uh, biotech company that is producing medicines that are created from the marijuana plant, cannabinoid plant, actual pharmaceutical grade drugs that you know we will be able to prescribe and, and give to patients. And their share price, you know, the prices of their shares have fluctuated, but it, it seems to be like the play if you want to invest in marijuana and you want to do it legally, you know, like fully legally, this is where people are going. Well, they have a drug that uh, they've been, uh, you know, studying to treat uh, intractable forms of epilepsy. There's certain types of epilepsy that we have no medications for. Um, I can't remember the name of the type of epilepsy, uh, Dravet, I think it's Dravet syndrome, but uh, there's nothing. There's nothing you can do with it. And some kids will get, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100 seizures a day from this type of epilepsy. Wow. And, it co- and it's terrible. I can't even... I mean, I, I have a family member who has yeah, epilepsy, and they didn't have that kind, but I've seen a seizure, and it's terrifying, and I can't imagine having 10 a day, let alone you know right. 50 a day or 100 mm-hmm, a day, mm-hmm. and it causes brain damage when, you, when this happens over time, and it's terrible, and it affects children. So CBD, cannabidiol, what, what, what happened, and this is a great thing about the internet, by the way, when marijuana started making its way towards being legalized in some states- People were figuring out that high CBD cannabis was suppressing or stopping seizures, and there was a uh, in Colorado in particular. There was these there were these this, this group of individuals who were talking about it all line, uh, online, and before you know it, parents were flying their kids because at that I mean imagine if you're a parent with a kid who has oh yeah all these seizures and there's no nothing you can do you're willing to try anything rather than watch your kid deteriorate, and so through the forums through the internet through these through anecdote, because there was no study, um, people were getting loud enough and causing scientists to say we should study this. And so GW, which already had started creating uh, cannabinoid-based medicines, looked at this and said, oh, shit, there may be something here, started testing it. So long story short, the FDA has, isn't about, hasn't uh, approved it yet, but the other day made a comment and said, it looks like we're probably going to 
approve uh, this drug for this treatment of this uh, this type of epilepsy, which exploded the price of the of the shares. It went up like thirteen percent in one day, which is uh, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um. So exciting news because uh, the the more we can get on board with actual pharmaceutical, uh, yeah. you know, playing the game and going that route the more likely we will be to legalizing uh, cannabis, mm-hmm. uh, period, you know, nationwide. And Trump just told, just said, or, or the guy that handles the, the drug policy just said that they're probably, they're going to create a way for states who legalize marijuana to be able to keep it legal mm-hmm. and for the feds to not, like, step in. Sweet. So it's another kind of big step. So we're, we're, we're on our way with this, but... It's interesting because the cannabinoids themselves are this new class of molecule, and I think this is the tip of the iceberg because they're studying it for uh, inflammatory diseases, autoimmune diseases, cancer, diabetes, all of which have pretty promising-looking studies and trials showing that there, there may be some positive effects, which leads me to the next topic, which is connected. So we, we've talked about this a lot about how cannabinoids are anti-inflammatory in the body, and that's... That's widely known now. That's totally accepted in the medical community that cannabinoids have this kind of systemic anti-inflammatory effect where if you have autoimmune issues that cause lots of inflammation or you have lots of pain, uh, you know, especially nerve pain, the use of cannabinoids reduces that both acutely, like, oh, I feel less pain now because I just took it, and over time it's got this great anti-inflammatory effect. And it's mediated through the, you know, the, the cannabinoid receptors, the CB1 and CB2 receptors. I just learned this the other day because you know how I talked about how lately I've been using the Organifi uh, turmeric mm-hmm. uh, at high doses. So I'm taking between five to ten capsules of it a day, which is a higher dose than they recommend. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a plant or an herb, so it's not a big deal. But I'm doing that for the anti-inflammatory effects because my workouts right now are just, I am pushing my body. Yeah, dude, I'm. I'm pushing my body hard right now. Uh, my gut is healthy, so I'm trying to put on strength and size. It seems to be working. I've gained like six or seven pounds of lean body mass. Feel really good, but I'm pushing my body to the line and limit. And I've been throwing in the turmeric, and I'm pretty uh, blown away by like how, how much healthier the inflammation feels. Like I still feel sore muscles and stuff, but my joints feel good. Mm. I'm feeling better mobility. So I did some more research. On it, and I've already I was already familiar with all the studies showing that the active ingredient in turmeric, called curcumin, has got this systemic anti-inflammatory effects. There's lots of science showing it's anti-cancer and it's just really good for you. So I looked up the actual molecule itself, and I did not realize this, but curcumin uh, could be technically classified as a phytocannabinoid. Hmm. It actually. Uh, has an affinity for the CB1 receptor in the body. So, so the what same it, characteristics? So it actually... What's your thoughts on combining it then? So I know, right? I don't know. That's, it's an interesting, interesting. It's very fascinating, right? But it does have an affinity for the, uh, the CB1 receptor, if I'm not mistaken, in the body, which is a cannabinoid receptor. Hmm. And there are other... Now, when you say an affinity, does that mean it just can couple with it or yes, with it? Yes, okay. so it, it actually will will interact with it and cause it to express what now, it does. Now, is that common or uncommon? Like how many other different I think compounds ginger. Could... I think ginger. And ginger and turmeric, I believe, are related, uh, I think is another one. And I'm not familiar with any others, but curcumin is the more widely studied one that has those effects. And they think that that may be how it's mediating its effects. So if you are listening and you're in a state where you don't have access to cannabis and you want to utilize cannabinoids for anti-inflammatory effects or for 
immunomodulating effects and all that. Um, it, it, you can get your hands on really high quality uh, turmeric or curcumin, which is when we're standardized. Uh, of course, Organifi is the, the company we work with, and I'm really, really pleased with the quality of the product. It's organic. You can use that, and you might be able to get some of the effects that you would get from cannabinoids. You're not going to get high, so it's not going to make you, you know, it doesn't have any psychoactive effects, but you may get the other effects. And, it, you know, look at all the things that the, the, those receptors positively influence. Anxiety mm-hmm. uh, is another one. Like, you know, I know the, you know, the cannabinoids can make you feel better if you have anxiety. I'm wondering if, and I haven't looked it up yet, I'm wondering if they've done studies on curcumin and how it affects depression and anxiety. I would assume it's got a positive effect if it's so anti-inflammatory. That's really interesting. Isn't that fascinating? That yeah, yeah, that's really Yeah, so you could look up, uh, I'm going to do this later today, I'm going to look up Make uh, a concoction with phyto, CBD. Yeah, phytocannabinoids that are not from the cannabis plant and see if I can find some more. But um, You know when we talked about the, you know, the big the big race to space and all that stuff that's going on with Elon Musk and everything? Yes. You know there's another big, huge, uh, and then the self-automated cars. The other big race that's happening right now is um, the race to 5G. Have you guys heard or read anything on this? For, you mean oh, for phone, phone tech or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? So no, that, I haven't heard about this. So I didn't know that every time like we've went from 2G to 3G to 4G to now we're working towards 5G, the, the country that like comes up with the technology and actually implements it first, it's like a $500 billion shot into your, into your economy. Like, Increases uh, efficiency and speed. Yes. Right away. Like right away, if you become the first to like put it all out there and we're like in this neck and neck race, I think, is it with China or Russia? I can't remember. Is it patentable or is that one of those, once somebody comes up with it, like they're first to market? No. So can, yeah. You can't patent that. You can't yeah. patent the tech technology like that. Uh, but what's happening right now, it's just who can get all, get all the technology out to all the first yeah and so you use like verizon at&t all these different platforms the reason why we're getting does it make a difference with how many towers they have like and they keep populating more towers and in more areas to kind of build up that speed well i would imagine so but why we're there it is china is beating us the reason why china is is beating us is because everything's through the government so they can just like mandate it like okay all this money's being allocated right now we're going to all of a sudden put it all here so we can win this race and get there first doing the same with ai too which is oh really that's scary yeah so that's a, so a, here's the thing with that, like 5G, when it goes through Wi-Fi, it's more, I mean, it's more juice, right? It's mm-hmm. more power going through. I one, Somebody in our forum just posted this study on Wi-Fi, and I believe it was a meta-analysis, and there's pretty conclusive evidence that Wi-Fi has negative effects on like testicular health. Mm. Uh it, it, Dr. It induces apoptosis. Was, uh, somewhat right, dude. That. We may be sitting on a fucking landmine. Yeah. Like I read some of the stuff, and I'm going to start doing some of my own research. But people like Dr. McCola, Ben Greenfield, and some other people that I respect have been warning against. Mm-hmm. And I know with with Wi-Fi, like remember Ben Greenfield's house? Everything was land. Yeah, he didn't have any. He had everything wired. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, other people are saying who are reputable are saying like turn off Wi-Fi. Well, at it's, night. bro, it's it's yeah. unbelievably compounding. So the fi- the five G system will support a thousand more devices per meter than the four G. Yeah. So mm-hmm. think about that for mm-hmm. a second. Like, I'm you- wonder what if we're sitting on some. What if we like in ten years we look back and we're like, oh shit, like we caused. People will literally have tinfoil hats on. A lot of problems. Yeah. People are going to see walking around like a shield We're that just blocks walking you from- into a bunch of waves of you know Wi-Fi. And well, that that's electricity. The, that's the scarier part about like I think half the country is more than half the country doesn't need to worry. I fear like where we're at. Like we're in this little Silicon Valley bubble where like you can't anywhere you go you're like you ever notice that now on your phone like 
Rarely ever does my phone drop it's to picking fi- up Wi-Fi. Everywhere. Yeah, it picks up Wi-Fi everywhere. It's mm-hmm. just it's it's it's. I mean, we've got it now in our city to where almost everywhere is putting out. Could the- you imagine if that's like the silver bullet? If they're like, oh, it was Wi-Fi. That's why we had these ridiculous exploding rates of all these, you know. Anxiety and all these other things. Well, the only thing with that is that the Wi-Fi hasn't even been around that long. That's, so that's what I'm saying. So, so I, I would, I wonder. It's interesting, right? Because Wi-Fi and mobile phones kind of really came on the scene right around the same time. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard to isolate which one is doing which. This is one of those things that I think has an effect on the body, but it's not big enough to see in like immediately. Like you'd have mm-hmm. to have a long-term study or you'd see it. Well, obviously not, or it wouldn't be where it's at it's right another now. environment right, factor. It's just, it's, it can't be ideal. This is why too, I think again, like places where like Justin live, I think are going to be sought out more and more as we get, as we get older. I get terrible reception in my house. Like it still trips me out. It's, it's super popular to be close to a city, right? That's why it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. City and water is where everybody wants to be, right? So when you look at cities like San Francisco and San Jose that are near, near, near the water, near the bay, and it's a big city, LA, super popular. But I think a lot of that's going to change. I think uh, mountains and getting away from that and, and fresh air and not being in a Wi-Fi bubble 24-7, mm. I think more and more people will seek that type of an environment, especially as everything becomes so readily available and so quick to us, right? Like being in the city used to matter a lot because if you had access to everything so quick because you're yeah. there in the middle of it, right. but now we're being able to provide access to everybody anywhere at all times. I feel like there's less... And if you can start working while you're commuting you know like yeah. that's a whole nother factor that would make it more of an appeal to live a little bit more in a remote uh location it is i i wonder if the if the like real estate that is like properties that are way out in the boondocks which used to be worth nothing i wonder if that's going to start going up a lot because hmm. everybody's gonna want to escape so much you know I what i mean i want to give all these people ideas uh, yeah, yeah, don't, yeah don't tell don't tell them our secrets yeah yeah, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't it kind of, don't you kind of feel like that might be something that- It could, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I feel like I need to detach myself from it. I remember somebody talking about like, there's an actual feeling like when everybody is up uh, at the same time and everybody's moving and like everything is, is happening versus like, you know, at night when there's less people on the road, there's less people working, like there's like a physical sort of a feeling uh, one versus the other. When we were talking about like graveyard shift and all uh, that kind of stuff, like how impactful that is. But it's just like, like you're you're somewhat receptive to that. Yeah, you know, just just the energy. It does there. it does feel very different to be in nature. Even if I have my phone on me, you know, or whatever. Usually I don't. I'll turn it off. But to be in nature, even for thirty minutes to an hour, it's 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 very interesting. It's and it's hard to. It's one of those things like it's hard to, to to figure out what exactly it is. It's one of those things that you didn't give two shits about, or did I? Like as a kid growing up, no. you, just, you don't even you don't connect those dots till you get older, mm, right? Yeah. I didn't stand. I used to always think it was so cheesy, like when your uncle or grandfather or whatever that wanted to stop and just like, yeah, look at the trees. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's sit on the porch. Yeah, man. right. Yeah, and just yeah, like yeah. Just in silence like, and look what? out. I'm like, this is lame, dude. I got video games yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah. I got things to do right now. Forts to build, whatever. And you want to take off and you don't think about that. Where now. I, there's a different appreciation that I have. It's well, so true. Like yeah, as yeah. a kid, I never got that sense of like, in, you know that in, you know that inner feeling of awe when you like like when I went to Yosemite and I f- drove up and I could see you know Bridal Veil the 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 waterfall coming down and you just yeah. sit there and stare at it and, and you feel like, Whoa, this is oh, magnificent. Yeah, almost yeah. emotional. You know, yeah, it's like almost an, an emotional feeling. Never 
Did I get that when I was a kid? I'd look at stuff and be like, okay. Like, like cool. Yeah, what's next? Now Maybe I, I see climate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even a, a sunset or whatever. Now I sound like I'm getting all sentimental. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like sunsets. You know what I'm saying? Long walks on yeah, the beach. Long walks on <laughs> Dude, so uh, I got another study for you guys that's kind of cool. This one was pl- uh, printed. This is in PubMed, and it's a new one. 2018, the title of the study, Exercise Alters Gut Microbiota Composition in and Function in Lean and Obese Humans. So they did is they took obese humans and they took lean humans and they had them work out and then they tested their- They measure their poop. Their gut microbiome and the, they don't, I mean, this, this, it's not, they're not showing what the changes were and they're not saying if it was good or bad, but the exercise changed fundamentally- what their microbiome looked like. Mm. Now, for me, when I see this, it's cool, but this is one of those studies where I'm like, well, it makes perfect sense. I think everything affects your microbiome. Of course. If it's so intricately, to, you know, yeah. if it's so connected if, with if your body. If it's truly your second brain, then 100% it would be just like, it's the same studies that when we list, when you read like neuroscience stuff that I struggle with, it's like, we we see like parts of the brain light up and then we try to make these connections like, oh, that means you must be deep in thought or, oh, that must mean you're using this part of your brain. Therefore, it's this, this, the it's like we know so little right now, both about the brain and the gut yeah. that we try and make it all could the- be mimicking it, but having a totally different effect. Right, you know, dude, you know we have that. all these, all these. Di- God, and- that's crazy to think about. It's interesting. You just said, you know, I, I, we've said this so many times, but I just thought of this like. You have your brain, which is obviously your 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 first brain, right? And the second brain is the gut because it's got the second highest, you know, uh, receptor density for neurotransmitters like serotonin. Mm-hmm. Um, you so you feel things in your gut. You tend to feel things that your subconscious tells you to feel in your gut before you're even conscious of them and all that stuff. But your brain, your first brain, the one that's in your head, doesn't. It's just a brain. It doesn't have bacteria in it that's totally influencing it directly but the gut does although it does too no not, they, they did show that there was a direct connection to brain so i mean uh, the microbiome is is a part of your thought process it's kind of weird to of think course. about right of course it's it very be. very strange to think about i mean uh, every like how t- much are they influencing your thought process well it goes back to like the integration of everything and how everything like works with each other like your body as a whole versus like compartmentalizing your brain just being this command center like I don't think the brain is completely like that's its only function. Like it, it uses the microbiome. Like everything's in communication. Yeah. The touch, the smell, like all these different. Uh, See, this a study like this tells me is why unless you have like an issue, like a health issue, why these snapshots of your microbiome, like these tests that are like we're going to test your microbiome and tell you how you should be eating or whatever, your gut biome changes. At an in, it could change. Like I could eat something right now, it'll change. I could have a thought or or have a, a reaction to something, it'll change. I could work out, it'll change. Um, it changes all the time. I don't think those are going to be very valuable unless you have like an issue, like a specific issue. I think it's more. It's going to be valuable when we have real time readings when we understand the microbiome. Yeah. And I have an app on my phone and I can see throughout the day. Yeah. It's almost like like when we talk to Dr. Molly and she talks about like these 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 glucose tests and stuff. She's like, well, it's a snapshot. It's happening right now, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what's happening yeah. later on. It's even, it's more so, I think, even well, with the gut I, microbiome. I don't know if it was Dr. Ruscio, but I remember him talking about just how they used to they take samples, and so they take like you know your your poop as an example. But that's like 
old, you know, that's an old story. It's an old culture that, you know, already has, has passed through your system. Those are the dead ones. I just say that's stuff that yeah. died off, right? Yeah. That's stuff that's living in yeah. there right now. That's what so it's, it's not like an accurate depiction of like what really is, is going on. I mean, I think, Still. It's, I think it's cool. I think studies like that are cool. And I think that it, it, it just will, confirms what we think. And it helps. I think it could help somebody who's trying like a process of elimination. Like I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out, okay, I've done this. I've done that. Mm-hmm. Is this making things worse or better? I think it can help it. Just like the brain thing. Like I think that understanding what parts of the brain and lighting up does tell us a little bit of the story, but it's such a small piece of the story. When you talk about how many different pathways are involved in that and how many, how much of your current environment, your past environment, all of the things, your interactions that you had, all of those things are getting calculated in your brain at the same time. Why would it be any different than your stomach, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't your mood that you've had that day also be potentially affecting your stomach? What you ate that day, potentially, whether you worked out or didn't, whether you sleep, your stress levels. It's like this, It's there's so many variables that I think are playing a role in the biome, just like I think in, in your brain. Well, that it's it, well, there's, I mean, there's other, so there's another article that I, I was reading earlier uh, called Exercise Induced Stress Behavior, Gut Microbiota, Brain Access and Diet, a Systemic or sorry, Systematic Review for Athletes. This was in 2016. And it's a, it's a fascinating article that I'm reading. And there was one part here that talks about how, um, let me see here. Here it is. Some preliminary, preliminary experimental data obtained from studies using pre, probiotics and prebiotics studies show some interesting results indicating that the microbiota acts like an endocrine organ. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, am I, I'm sure I'm saying that right, right, uh, wrong, right, Doug? Endocrine, endocrine organ, uh, Uh, example, secreting serotonin, dopamine, or other neurotransmitters. It may control, ready for this, the HPA axis in athletes. That's the hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenal axis. Why so, only in athletes? What? Well, they're t- because this study was done. These studies were done oh, on, on athletes. athletes. Okay, on athletes. God, I was like, that didn't make sense. To yeah. Me. <laughs> so when they talk, you know, when they talk about studies, they have to be very specific, right? But um, that's crazy. Acting like an endocrine organ, like how, like influencing how your body, you know, uh, uses hormones and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you guys right now, like the next thirty years is going to be a biology breakthrough that, uh, or bio, it's going to be breakthroughs in biology that are going to blow everyone away, and mm-hmm. it's going to be because of the microbiome. Yeah. It's going to blow the fuck off of the doors of medicine because it's it's just everything that's coming out is showing like the it's more the studies next, that, like penicillin. Oh, dude, it's the more studies that come out, the more important it's becoming. Like yeah. the more like like oh wow, it's super important. Another study comes out like wait a minute, that may be the most important thing. That you know has to do with our health in our entire bodies. I think that and the neuroscience side. I think those two both because I think we're starting to find out how much more too. Like even your thoughts affect everything like that. Like I, we how much did you look at like you know yoga practice and meditation and things like that just 15, 20 years ago it was something almost laughable before I know. Yeah. where it's being taken very serious by a lot of people who would be talking shit about it just 10, 15 Yeah, there's an actual way you can direct your thoughts in, in, a, in a beneficial manner versus just like aimlessly kind of you know reacting Dude, to everything. Right, that, so this, this, this healthy healing process in the future, I believe, will have a lot to do with your thoughts and your brain and then everything to do it's with the your... Spir- it's the spiritual fitness, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I hate saying that because it sounds like you have well, to... Well, you hate saying it because it's a made-up word just like every right. other fucking word. Yeah. Well, they're like, just that's... finally putting science in there to give you new terms. Yeah, you know? yeah. It just... It's it's just another aspect of health and you know having a feeling a feeling of meaning in life is extremely important it's extreme I'm learning more and more about that uh through stuff that I'm reading right now and how that I mean 
that can change your life completely. Your life doesn't have to be any different, but if you think there's meaning in it or you feel there's meaning in it, all of a sudden your yeah, life your is- Your body reflects it. Everything's different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because you feel that and if you feel like there's no meaning, it really doesn't matter how much money you have and all the things you do. All that stuff, is, I, it doesn't matter. I agree. Taylor, oh, already, thanks for joining us on this, uh, on this podcast. Uh, we got some questions for you, bro. Yeah, morning, that, gentlemen. There, Our give, schedule is getting crazy. That's not the question. The question is, it's a microbiome question. Go ahead and give it to him. Yeah, so what do you think <laughs> of bifidobacterium when included? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bifido. Yeah, so, no, no. We got we got our uh, West Coast tour coming up right now. We drop into uh, Paleo. West Coast, West Coast. Yeah, so what's, what's going on? Break it down. So we're I'm, I'm making the band. And we're going on tour. <laughs> we're making the bell. Oh, you see? God. You see? Wow. I, I told you guys. What do you mean we're going we're on a tour? We're a band. I what feel is- like Justin's been influencing you a lot with yeah. this. He may have something to bit. do with it. So what's going on, Taylor? What do you mean on, on tour? What is that? What is- so, you know, Justin always refers to us as kind of like this rock band of sorts. He's got that that guitar <laughs> going yeah. action mm-hmm. back there. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I secretly want to become the the puff daddy of podcasting. And I feel <laughs> <Yes>. that. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Okay, so if you're Puff Daddy and you're yeah. producing us, like yeah. uh, who's who's like Mace, who's Biggie, yeah. you know, who's Tupac? Like, who's give Mary, give us the rundown. Who's Mary J? Is the who's real Mary question. J? All oh, right, for sure, Justin. Yeah, yeah. Justin's. Mary I'm, Jay. I'm a bit of a diva. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, this is but true. I, I really wanted, you know, this year one of the things that I wanted to focus on is getting us out of the studio and giving our fans and listeners an opportunity to experience the podcast in person. And I think that's really important. So. When, you know, I, I, there's a lot of parallels between music and podcasting. And one of the things that I, I keep bringing to mind is like when you're listening to your favorite artist, you get to you get to listen to their music in your car, in your phone, at the gym. You get to um, you get to follow them on social media, kind of get an idea of troll, troll their page, troll their page yeah. give them, show them slide love. their DMs. Yeah, you can do all that. Right <laughs> now, here's the here's the biggest difference like, ooh, when it comes cakes. to the music side of the business and podcasting is fans of artists get to go to concerts and the experiences they get to go support them they get to go they get the the full the full effect mm-hmm. and one of the things I really wanted to do is give our fans and listeners an opportunity to do that and I think it's really important. So what's that going to look like? I know you've we've uh Are we going to be podcasting in front of an audience? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're oh. going to we're going to be doing like live Q&As and then I know we're that kissing babies. You've started a, I mean technically we start in uh Austin where we're going to be down there for Paleo effects and then the, mm-hmm. and then the very next week we come back and then we're going to do we go San Diego, yep. LA and then Seattle, is that right? Yes, sir. Okay, and then what 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 companies first? So we do Viore, is that right? Correct. So this is with each stop is going to be hosted with one of our partners that we're currently connected with. So it, the first stop is going to be in San Diego at the Viore flagship. Yeah. There's going to be free beer and wine. Oh. And kombucha. Oh, okay. I am in. All right. Um, so everybody that has an opportunity to attend that will, will get some free beverages. Then we have the Dosis event. That will be a very intimate experience, live podcast, live Q&A. Um, and some free samples from from our sponsors. Samples there. of weed, hey. <laughs> <laughs> just so people know what. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll be a little limited. Who we allow in that yeah, one for sure? Yeah. Super special. And then the last one is up in Seattle with last with one, Mir, right? That's correct. So okay, we're gonna so do cool. uh, we're gonna do a, that one. Will be an actual live podcast interview. 
Um, and then that will transition over into. So yeah, the other ones are all Q and A's. Well, we're just doing. It'll be a little bit more casual Q and A, and then just have it. You know, we're interviewing Mir because he we haven't interviewed Mir yet. We've sure. already obviously interviewed Viore, Joe. and yeah, we've already done Joe already. So Mir, we have not, and he's got a really cool story. So I know we're gonna uh, okay, do that. Cool. And I think the idea, what we're gonna do. So this is the first time we're really announcing this on the show, is we're we're gonna allow what twenty five or thirty you think of our listeners. We'll do some sort of a sign up, um, you know, if you're in the area or if you can just be, be in the area during those times. Uh, and we'll, we're will we going to, I think, randomly pick 25 or 30 fans. So we like stay tuned for now. And it's, a we'll private, it's, a, it's a private event, right? Yeah, these gonna are be... gonna, yeah, these aren't, aren't going to be open to the public. So not everybody can attend. You're going to have to have RSVP ahead of time. And we'll uh, it's going to be a curated experience. So want it to be fun, exciting, engaging. Dang, that nah, sounds cool. cool. I'm excited. Man. Do you know that? Do you know that? I'm too. Yeah. Do you know Viori's date off the top of your head? You know that off the top the of your head. The first Viori Katrina would be thankful for this. It's going to be the tenth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you I nailed that one. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So that'll be the tenth. Uh, Dosis is going to be the seventeenth the following week, and then the next day we're going to be up in Seattle on the eighteenth. Okay. Cool. And then we'll have Doug put something together as far as uh, how listeners can email in and potentially uh, show up and be at the, the the private event. But it will be private, so you will have to get a an okay, invitation. Yeah, an invitation. So because we're giving away free shit and stuff in there, make it cool. Oh, Stay yeah. Tuned. Thank you, son. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Love All you, right. Taylor. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. See Jin score. My wife and I are getting ready to have our first child in July. We are both health conscious and fit individuals. What are your suggestions with trying to get workouts in, recovery, etc., plus one piece of advice you have for a new father? Mm. Um, uh-huh. Good luck. Yeah. That's my piece of advice. That's a safe journeys. You know, it's funny. Like I've met people who handle this and they just exceptionally well. They handle it like a team. And then there's the situations where people tend to forget that they're a team mm. and people get, you know, uh, they start to uh, feel resentment towards each other, anger. You're doing more stuff for yourself than I am and mm-hmm. vice versa and all that stuff. You know, here's the thing. It, it requires a, a lot more planning. And I think one of the problems with having kids or getting married and having jobs and all that is that when you're single or when it's just you and your girl, you can do a lot of things spur of the moment. And so you, you know, like you have sex spur of the moment. Like, oh, cool. We're home today. Like, we don't have anyone around. Let's have sex. Or let's go out to dinner or let's just go to the movies. And it feels spontaneous and it feels awesome. But then when your schedules get really hectic, you both work, you have kids, school, all these things are, are especially if we have a new baby, spontaneity, uh, it's, it's not, don't count on it. You can't count on it and, and be okay with that because yeah. I think a lot of people are, are resistant to that. Like I've, I remember I was like, I remember, you know, talking to, you know, people and, you know, people that I admired and I talked to them about the whole sex thing and it'd be like, you know, Things are super busy. We're not getting a lot of sleep, and we just 
don't seem to be having a lot of sex and they would tell me like, well, schedule it. And I used to laugh at that. I balk and be like, schedule it. Mm -hmm. Like, no, that's not how sex works. It needs to be spontaneous. And it's like, no, like you're, if you wait for it to spontaneously happen, then you can expect to have less sex or you can expect to have less opportunities to do things. So planning is real important. And when you plan things, it doesn't make it any less, you know, romantic or whatever. And so that applies to everything. When you have a child, sit down with your wife, you've got a new baby, sit down with your wife, talk about the priorities, prioritize you first and your relationship with your wife second and the relation, and then your child third. No, sh- no, no shit. That sounds crazy because a lot of people think, no, my, my kid is number one and I get that. I'm a parent too. But if you don't take care of you and take care of you and your wife, then you're not going to take care of your kid, no matter how much you think your 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 child is number one. Yeah, well, the the go to is immediately you both like pour yourselves completely in the needs of of the new kid because that's that's like the center of focus, and so it is important to then pull yourself out and consider your own health and well being and contributions because it'll help to pour in, um, you know, to the environment, and um, it you have to look at working out in, in your schedule completely different, you know, going forward from then on out. So, um, especially during this time, it's, it, it's a little bit of a, of a boot camp sort of a situation where you realize everybody isn't going to be getting sleep, isn't going to be at their most fun, loving, you know, joyous attitude, uh, just because it's, it's wearing, but it's, it, it is, it's a bit of a team effort where, you know, you have sort of assignments that you, you need to accomplish and that's one of those things you need to, you need to make sure you preserve your mental health through this whole situation. And so going into the workouts, it should really feed into, uh, more of a therapeutic type of, uh, you know, of an environment as, as opposed to like really crushing weights and, you know, adding any intensity, I would actually lower my intensity significantly and just try to, you know, maintain focus on frequently, you know, getting into that environment because getting into that environment is, is, is that change that you need because everything is going to be so consumed around, um, you know, this new, this new child that, that made its way into your life. It's if you, if you start off with open, clear, uh, communication, like if you sit down with your wife and you say, okay, here's a situation. We've got this incredible addition to our family that requires a lot of responsibility. And obviously we both uh, can feel the love for this kid and feel how important this 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 child is and now how how much our lives have changed. We need to we need to sit down and talk about things that we need to do to maintain ourselves so that we have a good relationship, so that we maintain our jobs and maintain some independence and take care of our child. And sit down and actually and spell it out. Tell your wife, here's what's super important to me. I want to ensure that you and I, and I'm making these up, so it could be whatever you want, but I want to ensure that you and I have a good, intimate, and healthy, intimate relationship. So once a week, for me, it's a priority that we schedule once a week where you and I get uh, a date night or you and, and, and make that happen. Like, this is real important to me. And maybe she says, well, for me, what's real important is that I get at least three hours a week of alone time to exercise or to do whatever I want. Maybe I don't exercise, but to do whatever I want. And you guys sit there and you and you you write these out. You figure out what's possible, which ones you guys can do, and then your job is to make sure that you meet 
all those things for your wife. And her job for you is to make sure she meets all those things for you. And watch what happens when you guys become partners like that, where you look at a, at a, at a situation and say to yourselves, you know, okay, here's something that we're working on together as a team versus, whoa, look at all the shit that happened. You know, this is going to be kind of crazy and stressful. Let's see how I can handle this. It's, it changes everything. When you can work together, it makes, uh, it makes the, because here's the other side of this, uh, having a baby. It's the, uh, probably one of the most incredible growth opportunities you'll ever have in your life. And it'll give you meaning like nothing else. Mm-hmm. If you guys work together, this can be the most awesome experience uh, of your lives. If you don't work together, it can be a very difficult, well, trying time. Another thing that uh, we sort of learned after having our second you know, kid was to just get outside of this, this sterile environment all the time, you know, and, um, the whole focus was to really like maintain these sleep patterns, which is important. It's important to get like that, um, consistency, uh, around the child so they can, they can, you know, uh, have this, this sort of balanced and, and, and get like this regular sleep. So then it becomes like they, they can get into that sort of rhythm of it a bit better. But, uh, what we, we started to do was to, you know, take the Bjorn and take opportunities where we would go hiking we go outside and together we're getting physical activity, um, and being a little more adventurous as far as that's concerned. Um, that, man, that, that was like a game changer for us as far as like, you know, changing, uh, that, that static environment feel. Cause it, it feels a little bit like, you know, you're confined, you know, mm-hmm. like both, both parties. I mean, you know, my wife just, just being there, just, you know, nursing and then just being, everything was revolving around, you know, the kid Whereas, like, let's get out of this, let's get out outside, let's go do things still, um, but uh, there's there's opportunities like that now where you can carry them and keep them close and still keep them on a schedule. Uh, but get get outside, man. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I think if you if you both sit down and, and and plan things out, like here's a good example: meal time or food, right? Right for dinner. Like you you know, it used to be before you had a kid, whoever got home first would start preparing dinner, and then we're gonna eat it. Well, it'll help you a lot if you plan that ahead of time. If you make Maybe you find that you have some time on Monday at, you know, for an hour and a half. And so you prepare the next three dinners and you put them all in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, that simple thing right there makes a tremendous difference in reducing the amount of stress and the amount of you know, hecticness that happens. When things are, you ever do this where you have like all these things that you need to do? You have all these, uh, you know, I have this to do, I have that to do, and, you, and it just feels like it's too much and it's overwhelming. But then when you sit down and you make a list, and then you start and you to check them, them off. You start yep. to cross them off. You feel this in- tremendous relief. sense of relief and and sense of like like reprieve. Like your anxiety starts to lower. So that's how you start to treat these types of things. And and what you'll find is if you do this well, and you both dedicate yourself to doing this in this way, and you just plan, that it's a breeze. It's actually not a problem. If you don't, it'll feel like you're in a. Tor- it'll feel like it's you're in a tornado. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as workouts are concerned. Be as consistent as possible with them. Make sure you modify them based on your level of sleep and how you feel. So that may mean that sometimes your workout is literally just sitting there and stretching. Other times you may feel like you can get after it. But, you know, I like to always say this to people, regardless of the situation. Do you think you would be able to handle a new challenge better if you were healthy, feeding yourself right and fit versus 
not eating right and not being fit? Which one do you think will, which version of you do you think will be able to handle new challenges and new situations better? Obviously the fit and healthy version of you. And I did this, man, I took this to heart, you know, years ago when I had some very, very close to me get diagnosed with a terminal form of cancer. And I knew, you know, she was, it was, it was my mother-in-law and she came over the house and we're sitting around the table and I knew something was wrong. And then she told everybody she'd got diagnosed and she, and everybody cried and it was this real difficult moment. And she left and, you know, I was trying to console my, my wife at the time. And, you know, when she went to bed, I remember I, I stayed up for a couple hours thinking about, okay, well, I need to, I need to be at my best to be able to help all these people. And in order for me to be my best, I have to maintain my health. And so I prioritized nutrition more than I'd ever prioritized it before. And I prioritized my workouts. I made sure that every single day I had an hour of exercise. And it wasn't because I needed to get fit or build muscle or doing that stuff. It was because I knew that it made me more capable to help uh, all these people. And now what did my workouts look like? Sometimes my worked out my workouts look like I put my headphones on and I'd go for a walk. Sometimes it looked like uh, I would you know foam roll and stretch and do light movement. Other times I would play you know death metal and lift real heavy. But it was whatever I needed to you know make myself feel my best. And so that's what how I would treat the workouts. And that's the cool thing about exercise is that exercise is this amazing tool that can benefit almost anything that happens in your life. Almost any lifestyle change you have, you can modify and mold your workout to benefit you, regardless of what your situation is, whether you're injured, feeling healthy, you know, new challenges, whatever. I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, the, the, the second part of the question was piece of advice for a new father. Ooh, I got one. Go ahead, go ahead, Justin. Yeah, I would just say anticipate needs. Don't react based off of like what's coming at you. Mm. What do you mean? Like try to try to predict? Just think, yeah, think ahead. Think ahead of like, um, you know, how- The fuck does that mean? It means that, <laughs> it means that like you actually think ahead. Like, so if if like based off of patterns, if, if, if your wife's like, you know, they're too long in the house, like I'm anticipating like scheduling something where I can take over, she can get out. Like we're talking about like workouts, we're talking about everything. It's, it all has to be like thought ahead. You can't just like sit there and, and okay, well, what do we do next? Like I, I got in a position where, um, a lot of times it's like, well, I got to, you just react. You're constantly reacting to everything as it's happening to you. So like once I started to try and like steer and, and get ahead of things, like you start like recognizing patterns and where I can, can put myself and place myself, uh, whether like, it, you know, it's getting up to go take care of them because you'd hear a, a, a rustle or whatever. Like I'm getting up and I'm, I'm being proactive about uh, contributing versus like, oh God, you know, this is happening again. And, you know, you're just like so reactionary. That's, a, that's great advice. That's great advice. Uh, the, the one piece that I have uh, of advice is, is this. As a father, your role is naturally, tends to be naturally a little bit different than the, than the mother, especially when the mom um, is breastfeeding. So, and, and I, you know, I try to place myself in the position of the, of the mother in the sense that she has these two food factories attached to her body, right? So she's making the milk. So she's the one that's going to feed the baby most of the time. Now that can feel almost unfair, 
I would say. Now, I, I think there's also another side to it that I used to see, which is, wow, you get to have a different experience and connection to the child that I don't ever get to experience. So there's that end of it. But there's also the other end of, I'm the one that always has to feed the baby and I feel forced to do this just because I'm a woman. And so here's my advice to you as a father, because if that starts to, if that seed starts to grow, you're going to have a bad time. You're not going to have a good, a good time with your wife. And so what I recommend is this, take on a responsibility and make it yours. That has to do with the baby. So maybe you take on the diapers. So you, and, and I'm telling you doing something like this, uh, can, you know, if your wife is a, a you know, a, a semi nice person, will will do wonders, uh, and, and literally tell her like, look, you got the boobs attached to you. You're probably going to do most of the feeding. I get that. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to change Unless you're all one of those weird like man boob things. No, don't do that. That's, <laughs> that's stupid. Uh, I, you know, or maybe you can do that. I would, I would never do that. But you know, uh, I'll change all the diapers. That's going to be my responsibility, and and actually do it. And stuff like that makes the partnership feel like a partnership because statistically speaking, most of the role and responsibility goes to the mom. And I think a lot of moms maybe want to do it, but then it starts to become this martyr thing or it starts to become this loss of identity thing, which is another hurdle that you you don't want to you know have to get into. So take on one responsibility, make it yours, make it, you know, declare it and and take control of it. And then you'll feel like you're 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 working together as a partner. Adam, Adam's not a father, and he's not married, so I don't have a lot to contribute to to that question. Except for you, what I where I can connect, I feel like is that even though it's completely different, and I know every fucking dad is going to be, like, oh, it's not like that. Well, fuck you. Have you ever built a massive business before? Because I think the way I look at our company or any business that I built, uh, I love it like my child. And it, it I, sometimes I don't get sleep because of it. I get frustrated because of it. It consumes my life. It starts to distract me from my relationships. So there's a lot of parts where I can, when I'm listening to you guys, it reminds me of the, the, the things that I've had to put in place to where I still keep a healthy relationship, not only with myself, but with my partnership it reminds me similar to the relationship that I have with my, our business right now. And Similar that, skills, you're right. And and the the answer for me is this, if if it's a priority to you, if working out and staying in shape, if doing the things like maybe spending time with your boys or doing things like if you, you hunt, you play sports, I don't know what, what feeds your soul, but if there's things in your life that have been consistently in your life that, you, that give you enjoyment and fulfillment and that are important to you, then you have to make that priority and you have to, and it may be, it may look like this. And so I've had some friends that are very successful at this and you know, I see them at the gym and first the, the mom comes in and she's working out. Oh yeah. Where's your, where's your husband at? Oh, he's at home with the baby right now. He's going to get his workout next. So she comes, she gets her hour workout mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. Then she, then she, after she's done, she goes home, watch the baby. Then he gets to go and sure they're not working at the same time. Sure. They're not two killing two birds with one stone, but they're working with each other to work towards something that's very important in their life. Or I've seen other of my friends that have this type of relationship where on the weekends, Sunday's dad's day, Saturday's mom's day. So, you know, Saturday mom can be selfish and go get her nails done, do hair, go shopping, go hang out with her girlfriends. And dad's taking charge of the, the kid all day long that day. And then Sunday, dad gets his his time to himself to, to feed his soul the things that are happening, whether it be fishing, whether it be hunting, whether it be golfing, whether it be playing video games, whatever the fuck it is that you enjoy selfishly. I think where a lot of parents go wrong and so do people that get consumed with a business is you forget about all the other things that are so important to you that create that balance and happiness in your life 
And so structuring, which I think is just piggybacking off of what you guys said, is having some sort of a structure behind that. I think going into it, not setting that up is is setting yourself up for failure because it's inevitable the kid's going to be hard. It's inevitable. It's going to be the hardest thing you've probably ever dealt in your life. Just like I feel like even building this business that we're in right now, everything that I've done before, I could say that we've done all these other things. I've been successful before, but this is a bigger monster than I've ever dealt. And it's it's required me to put practices in and do things that Katrina and I never had to do before. So I imagine if the kid is anything like that or 10 times that, which I'm sure some fathers would argue, that I would think, wow, that's really going to require me to sit down, have that conversation with my wife and my partner and say, let's first talk about my selfish desires. Then let's talk about your selfish desires. And then let's talk about the things that we, we will have to do and need to do for this child. And then let's agree that we don't lose sight of ourselves. And you know, it's right. You have to do that every day, almost every day. You got to make sure you make that a priority because right. it, it gets away from you very quickly. Yeah, you know, and for for Katrina and I, it's at least a once a week thing, like that we've implemented now. Maybe as with a child, it becomes even more important because there's even higher stress there. But you know, we typically evaluate the week and things. Uh, you guys have heard me talk about the reading together. You know, we go to sporting events a lot, or we get time by ourselves with our friends. I'm going up to go see my two best friends. I haven't seen them in a little bit over a month, and so there's certain things that I have flexibility. Those guys I used to see every single week of my life and they were very important to me that's like my family and so Katrina has recognized that I get irritable and I get frustrated and I become short in our relationship when I've been neglected of those things that are so important to me and it sucks because they're far away I have all these these priorities so it's really easy to neglect it but then when I start to see it bleed over into my communication my relationship with my partner I recognize like, wow, how important it is that I get that day away to where I can do that. I, I got to think that having a child is very, very similar as far as the responsibility that you both have towards us. But then you also have a responsibility to yourself. Mm. And it, you'll only be a good father and a good parent if you take care of yeah. yourself. And I think you know, this is one of the benefits of- You're ready. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. Me and Justin will be in the back <laughs> watching- yeah. No, I think uh, it, this is why sometimes I think having kids when you're a little older is probably a good idea. Yeah, my brain would never even think like that no, I know. 15 years ago. Dude, yeah. I had mine when I was young, and it's just you're just you're fucking running around with your hair on fire. Oh, like, you yeah, my first was complete surprise. So yeah, that's why, <laughs> that's why I bring that advice up, because it was like everything was like, oh, my God. It was like total reactionary, the whole process. Second kid, totally different. Mm -hmm. So. Next question is from BusyGirl05. We'd love to hear your thoughts and commentary on the Aspire Assist bariatric procedure. Is that the is that the thing we talked about a long time ago that sticks in your stomach yep. and it's like a oh we so, haven't talked about this not in, in a long time. I thought it died. Is it still alive? Oh, it's, it's a it's it's I believe it's, it's being passed, prescribed. Right? So maybe Doug can look it up. Yeah, they, were, oh they were they're just passing it through the FDA. I yeah, think. we brought this up almost two years ago. So if, right? we're, if we're not mistaken, uh, if, if if this is what I think it is, it's a tube that is connected directly to your stomach that comes outside of your body. Yeah, and here's how it works: you're obese, so they hook you up with this thing. You got a tube sticking out of your stomach. You eat something, mm -hmm. and then you go to the bathroom and you just you pump it out, and you just let it out of your stomach. So you eat the food and then you basically uh, uh, purge it out of this tube. Dude, you You're know, not throwing it, it out. You know it's a whole other version of bulimia. A hundred percent. It's exactly bulimia, bro. Yes. Just without the you vomiting yourself. It's like a, it's you know what? It's the lazy person's bulimia. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. Like, you're so fucking wow. lazy, you yes. can't even throw up, dude. Oh my that's, God. A, uh, <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> you're so up, fucking Do lazy. Do some work. Right. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, all the bulimic, <laughs> all the bulimic people that are like watching this, like, you pussy, you can't even fucking do it yourself. Yeah. You gotta use a tool. This this has to be one of the, uh, the wow. most worst. Oh, terrible. Worst Listen, ever. I hate, sometimes I hate saying this kind of stuff because maybe someone's listening who got it done and. They're in this dire situation where if they don't lose a weight, any weight, that their health is super terrible. This and that. But here's the thing: Still I get, I get that. Most people. I get, I get it. I get you. Maybe in the situation where you feel yes. like you have no hope. I get where you think, okay, I need to do this because if I don't lose any weight, I'm going to die of a heart attack. I understand that. But we also need to be honest. And if this is the state that you're in, where you're using this device, this is definitely. Sure, I could see it might benefit you in that second because you're in an emergency situation, but this is not a some fucked up psychology. A solution. And it yes, it's this is gonna and encourage ju- some terrible Oh, it's gonna make it worse. Yeah. Oh ma- yeah, go ahead. I- I'll be the first to admit if I if I knew that I could eat unlimited fucking shit food all the time and I could just purge it right yeah. out of my stomach like it completely like a- feeds into that horrible way of thinking about oh, food. If you exactly if you already have a poor relationship with food, which you obviously do if you have to reach out and do something like this, I think it's only going to make it worse. This is not going to make that relationship a better relationship with food. If anything, it's going to exaggerate. How which, could it possibly make it gross? How could it possibly make it better? You know, when you're when you're sitting there and you're eating and you're thinking like, well, this doesn't matter at all because now I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm going to open up this tube mm-hmm. and dump it out. Uh, and I mean, think of God, Doug. Can you click on the real results? Is there like actually pictures of people? Well, I'm that, sending a video to Doug right uh, now. Oh, you're sending a video. I have a YouTube. Video I mean, I remember when we line. watched all this. Was like two years ago when we brought it up. I mean, the the website looks awesome. I just I feel like I want to try Dude, it. Dude, easy solutions. I've just never found. Oh, yeah, watch the video to make your story work. Well, wow, they actually have before and afters. Look at that. People oh, losing lots God. of weight with it. And God, you Do know, they show her leaking. You know, no, it's, you know, gross. <laughs> oh, it's, <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah, uh, it's, my know, hole's leaking. Yeah, and it's you know the thing about this too is you have I I would imagine that the risk of infection has got to be relatively high, right? Because you've got this open tube to your stomach that connects right to it. Although the stomach is uh, pretty, I would resilient. think I would think they would that part would be if it got FDA approved, which it says it is, whatever the fuck that means yeah. for this. You know, I think that um, physically they probably covered their bases. Yeah, right? I think that part they're covered. I think what they're not addressing. Wow, about. look at this. <clears throat> so this is a lady on the website. I'm not going to say her name, although she's already put herself out there. She's 5359. She weighed 312 pounds. Then she got the Aspire Assist tube, the, uh, the bulimic tube or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now her weight is 175. And here's the thing. You're still... I mean, 175, that's not, you're still a good, she still probably has a good 30, 40 pounds, which makes me realize like, even with something like this, she's managed to be, uh, have a high BMI, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even with the tube like this. So what does that tell you about what's probably happening with her eating habits? Adapting. I would, I, I would, what I would like to see is somebody who gets this or people who get this device and have people follow them around and watch what happens to their eating. And I'm sure the eating habits weren't great to begin with, but they got to get worse afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where now, of course, just, you know, of course they would. I'm wondering what kind of nutrient deficiencies is stuff that these people might, right. might you know, suffer from because they're dumping out the food that they've ate. I know that uh, I did read about this a while ago. Mm-hmm. And when you do get this procedure, 
you have to really liquefy your food and chew it up really well. Otherwise, you could get a clog in the tube. Oh, oh God. It's just yeah. so gross, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah. It, is it just me oh, or is tubes it, it's so gross to me if you watch how they have to do it? Yeah. Could you imagine having to go to the bathroom all the time and pump out your stomach? No, I'll show you. I sent the video so you can, to you, Doug. Maybe you can you can post well, it up. Look at it's got to be right away, too. Like After you eat, you're just like running to the bathroom. Look at these. This couple wasn't that bad. They weren't like super obese. Yeah. He looked like he needed to lose about 40 pounds. He looks, Literally, they could have just started walking. He looks worse to me on the right. He looks worse to me. Uh, it doesn't... It doesn't... Oh, this is terrible. I know. This is... This That's is frustrating. This is very... Uh, reflective of the way that we handle health problems in Western societies. So does it hijack? Oh, it goes right into the it, stomach. No, it goes right to the stomach. Oh my God. And it, it really it really demonstrates what we do when we have a health problem is we just try to deal with the symptom. And the symptom the symptom that we're dealing with is obesity. Obesity is a symptom of, of bad <clears throat> eating habits and a bad relationship to food. So... You know? I wonder if they're taught like, you know, drain it, you know, you only drain it like uh, when you you ate something or you oh went overboard. God, oh, so crazy, oh. dude. Yeah, just, I- just watch the process of what all has to take place for this to to happen, man. It just that's that should be enough to We should sure put we- in the show notes, Doug. <laughs> yeah. We should put in the show notes uh, uh, put this in the show notes. Yeah, because you know, like, so if they want to be real about this, they got to show somebody actually doing this and like the goo and stuff that comes out oh, of their stomach. Stop it, bro. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, that's what they oh, have what you, to deal with. What do they? They just shot. What do they shoot back into? You have st- to squirt water back through it, probably to clean out the tube, so that you know that that partially digested food doesn't stay in the tube and Blah. and collect you know bacteria or whatever right. inside mm-hmm. the tube. Yeah, I, I that turns you on. Then you know, it's go for it. You want to know what's funny? I wonder how much money they're making. Oh, I'm sure they're killing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a lot of fat people. I mean, the guy that invented this is like laughing right now to the bank because and he, and he comes in a little fanny pack. Yep. Wow. And fanny pack. Maybe that's why fanny packs are in style again. Maybe wow. some of them are aspires. Hey, look, here, here's the here's the thing. You're on to them. I have my own issues with the FDA, right? You know, they they they. And here's the thing: it's your body. Whatever you want to do with it, you should be able to do with it. So, yeah. the fact that the FDA approved it or whatever, like that part, I don't care about. But what I do care about is just—I don't even—is it what that highlights? Means. What does the FDA approve of that? Like, yeah. what does it? What does it even matter? Here's here's right. Like, like I said, like it's safe. That's if, it's like your a, body. It's like a Michelin five star. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't understand. It's your body. You should be able to do whatever you want with it. But here's the part that pisses me off with the FDA, is that they approve shit like this, and then you have total non-toxic things like cannabis, which yeah. the FDA has been dragging their heels to approve or whatever. For people, but they'll approve shit like this. Right. The FDA is a fucking, uh, it's a, it's a, a corrupt cartel. Mm-hmm. That's what they are, and they partner with these pharmaceutical Follow companies. The money, and that's right. And they, they pass shit like this. And meanwhile, fucking, you can't buy raw milk at the grocery store because yeah. it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous for you to go buy milk that hasn't been pasteurized, even though it comes from healthy cows and all that stuff. It's insane to me. It's crazy. But yeah, this is just, it's creating. <laughs> A, a worse uh, uh, relationship with food with people. I would even I would even prefer just straight up gastric bypass surgery over this, which I still think is yeah. You know that's still one of those. Oh, you know, I agree for sure. Like you know that that at least you you get it done, it happens, and then you still are supposed to practice like good eating habits. And I'm sure you're supposed to practice good eating habits here. But 
if you're hijacking my stomach like that, no. I mean, I'm not, I'm not stupid. I know you're what I'm doing. You're binging Oreos and yeah, <laughs> sucking it To out. me, I look at that and go like, fuck, yeah, that means I can still get away with eating some of the shit it's, that I want to eat. So, again, you know, I feel for people who go this far because there's, there's, they're in a very bad situation, both psychologically right, and but, physically. But these are but, things you need to address. You but, need to address the psychology bro, of it. Think, it's like they're ignoring exactly. it. Exactly. And think about how crazy this is. Like- even though today there's far less people starving in the world Doug, than there was. Can you like Google search and see how many people potentially are actually even yeah. using this? But like, think about this for a second. We have so much food and so much access to food that people literally chew it up to throw it away. Mm-hmm. They just want to taste it. Mm-hmm. They just want to taste it and then they fucking throw it away so they're not even using it. And there are literally people who have no food. There are people such who are, an asshole move. It's so crazy to me. <laughs> To think know, about that. How crazy is that? It like, is. I don't care. Like, all I want to do is I want like, to taste eh, it. I don't like this. It's just throw it away. It's insane to me. Uh. Our next question is from Norbelis DH. Is it true you get bigger before getting smaller? I read somewhere that as you start to weight train, your body will start to develop muscle and the fat will sit on top. And then after this happens, the fat starts to come off. Is this true? This happens sometimes. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. It's uh, in fact, I remember when I would first like start telling a, cl- a client that come to me, they say, "Oh, I gotta lose, you have like, to warn them." Yeah, right. They're gonna lose. Like, they want to lose fifty pounds from you. Like so, you know, after they sign up for training for me, nothing nothing's tougher than to say, "Okay, I know that you hired me to help you lose fifty pounds, but actually, the goal this month, we probably are gonna put on a couple pounds." So are you cool mm-hmm. with that? And they look at you like you're fucking crazy, but. This is goes back to when I first started doing this where I would add to people's diet instead of taking away. I started to have way more success. And as long as you can communicate that to them to get them to understand that, listen, you haven't been weight training whatsoever, right? And you haven't been following a nutritional plan. So your body's probably lacking the nutrients that it wants and needs. And then in addition to that, you're not lifting weights. And so you're, you're, not, you're not building as, as much muscle as you potentially could have on your frame. And so we're going to start doing that. And what I don't want to do right out the gates is restrict from you right now. Let's feed it because your body is going to want to build muscle, especially at the very beginning. We talk about this all the time. When you're a newbie into weightlifting, it's extremely responsive and it will build muscle faster than an advanced person who's been lifting for a really long time. So I want to take advantage of that. I want to feed that. I want to encourage muscle being built on your body because I know in turn that's only going to help me with your weight loss goal down the road because now that you have added let's say at the end of the month, you know, I have you eating good, but I have you eating more calories than you're used to. Your goal was to lose 50 pounds. I've got you weight training three, four times a week. A month goes by and you've added five pounds to the scale. I'm actually really happy, mm-hmm. especially if I've been able to introduce more food and more calories. Especially to you if they're stronger in their workout. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, uh, I think a mistake that people make when they first go, if you've never weight trained before and you show up to the gym and your goal is to lose 50, hundred pounds, whatever the number is, and right away you're already tracking the loss, I think it's a terrible strategy. Yep, I agree yeah. 100%. I, this was a conversation I always had with my clients. And mm-hmm. the way I would uh, explain it to them is I'd say, look, we have uh, fat burning and calorie burning machinery on your body. And uh, your whole body burns calories, but the, the, the part of your body that we can manipulate and that will burn the most or that we can manipulate to burn the most is your muscle. So we can do things to your body so that it will burn more calories. And that means you're going to gain a little bit of muscle. Mm. When you gain a little bit of muscle, what I've done is I've given you a bigger engine. And now you're going to burn more calories. And that's going to make the fat loss much easier and faster later on. You're going to look different because you're going to be sculpted. 
You're going to have more of a toned, you know, tight, sculpted type of physique. Um, and uh, it's going to make the weight loss more permanent because if you approach weight loss right out the gates with this burn the fuck out of yourself mentality and restrict calories mentality, you'll end up like a lot of those biggest loser contestants. Like, mm-hmm. you, watch the biggest loser. These trainers take these people, restrict their calories, and beat them to crap. And then they they leave the show, and the resting metabolic rate is like nothing. You know, now you've got someone who went from 350 pounds down to 150 pounds, but now if they eat anything over 900 calories, mm-hmm. they gain weight, and they're also working out on top of it. You tell me that's a, is that a recipe for long term success? Like, unless you're a fanatic. Right, you got to maintain that like rigorous, crazy intensity on top of restricting your calories basically to nothing, and like the the extreme too of this is like, you know, look at look at wrestling or or weight cuts. You know, you have to do for um, you know like in a quick period of time. Like, I could just throw a, a sweatsuit on you, and you could just go in a sauna and like let's lose weight. You know, let's lose weight, let's sweat it out, and like. It, on on some level, a lot of times people come into um, you know fitness and, and they hire a trainer thinking that like, well, I want to lose weight right away, right out of the gates, you know. And there's a lot of like these these shitty tricks that uh, you know a bad trainer will put somebody through just to get them to sweat and to get them to to lower that number on their scale. And there there's a whole process to this. It's it's, it's building something. It's building an engine, like you said. It's it's building this machine that then now we're actually like. Getting Getting into fat as a fuel source, and you can't even do that unless all the right mechanisms are in place. Yeah, you. Uh, here's the other thing too. This used to happen quite often. Is I would uh, and I would tell clients like we're not going to weigh you for a little while, but I will do body fat tests with calipers. And what we would find is uh, sometimes they would weigh themselves without you know without me knowing, and they'd come tell me, and they'd gain a couple pounds and they'd freak out, and then I would test their body fat and they were actually a percent leaner. And a lot of times this happens. You gain a little bit of muscle, you, your body fat ends up dropping a little bit as a result naturally. But give yourself a second. The way I look at it is, that, is like this. When you look at your routine, when you're first starting off and your, your goal is weight loss, I look at it like this. Like, okay, for the first month, we're focusing on uh, creating good recruitment patterns uh, and getting and correcting muscle imbalances. So that's the first month. The second month, I'm focusing on building strength and speeding up my metabolism. And then when the third month rolls around, now we're starting to really see some fat come off the body. And when you approach it that way with a little bit of a, all right, I'm gonna, I got a month of correctional exercise and I got another month of like focusing on getting stronger. And, and really what you have to do is you have to change the way you measure success. So I would tell clients, okay, for the first month, don't worry about weight, don't worry about your size, but let's look at your movement. And then I would point things out like, oh, wow, Last time we did this exercise, you couldn't reach straight up above your head because you had some shoulder problems. Today you can. Or last time we did a squat, your knees started caving in once we got down to this level. Now today we can get down much lower. And people like that. They like to see progress. I just had to point it out in different ways. And then the next month they'd be like, whoa, you know, your, your, your deadlift was 100 pounds. And, and by the end of this week now we're at 120 pounds. You gained 20 pounds on your, on your deadlift. And I would point out progress like that. And then I'd tell them what's happening. You're moving better. This strength going up is telling me that your metabolism is probably getting faster. It's probably burning hotter, which is going to be great because next month, after we've built some good strength on you, next month we're going to start looking at things on uh, and adjusting things for actual weight loss and fat loss, and it'll happen a lot, a lot better. 
I think it's so crazy how we expect things to happen so quick, like like the, the the building muscle process or losing body fat process. Like we we want it to be so quick, and we use the example of it being like a marathon. But when you really think about it, it's even slower than a, it's way slower than a marathon. And if you ever saw somebody come out, if you were like an experienced marathon runner, you know, and Justin's coming against race me and I've been doing this for a long time. He's like, hey, I'm going to join this marathon with you. And he takes off sprinting around the gates. I'm laughing inside. I'm going like, dude, there's no way. There's no way he's going to mm-hmm. keep up that pace. Yeah. He'll he'll eventually get passed by see all you of you on mile three. Right, exactly. Dead. And, and, you, and yeah. it's, it's so obvious, right? But we don't think that same way when you see people approaching the gym. Like, but yet the process is even slower for that. So why wouldn't your process going into that be as slow or even slower? Mm. So to me, it's like, it's so obvious, but yet we, we've fed into this like, you know, oh, two weeks, get this or the fat or biggest loser example. Like, here's what sucks. If I was a trainer competing with, if I, if I got a hundred pound client the same time that all the biggest loser trainers got hundred pound clients and we were competing in that, you know, what is it? A, a, 12-week window. I don't remember how long. Yeah, biggest it's short. Were. It's a very short window. I would lose. 100% I would lose. You know, they would they would definitely get their client by starving them to death and beating their bodies for fucking 12 weeks. Like, no shit, you're going to definitely get more weight off, which I think we attack, the people that want to lose this weight are so attached to that that they're not even thinking, of, you know, even more forward, which is, you know, well, am I going to be able to keep that off? Am I going to be able to maintain that lifestyle? No one thinks like that. And so, yeah, you know, you might get there first with your client before I will, but, you know, and it might take me four or five times as long. But the cool part is once I finally get that client there, that person could has a way better mm-hmm. chance. And even then, they're not. it's not 100% sure that they're going to be able to keep it off, Dude, but the success rate is extremely I, I remember fr- figuring this out like halfway through my fitness career. And I went from, I, I always had clients that, I always had a long, like clients always stayed with me longer than the average. And that's because I was a good trainer and, you know, I was professional and personable and all that stuff. But man, when I started to piece this together, this is when I started having clients that would stay with me for years, years. And it would get to the point where I'd only train them once every other week because I'd been training them for so long. But these people were consistent. Whereas before, you know, my charisma, my energy, my excitement, and my, you know, how happy I am, all that stuff. That would only last so long, and after about a year, I would notice people would start to fall off. Once I started to piece together that, if you follow this 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 formula, get people's metabolism to to to, to kick up, get them to make these changes that will last more permanent. Man, I'd have clients that would stay with me for 10, 12 years. Even now, I haven't trained clients for a couple of years. I I will talk to some of these people I trained up until two years ago. And they're still consistent, still working out. None of them were like hardcore fitness fanatics when they first met me, but we just did it the right way, and it just it just absolutely worked for them. And that's that's the I had a, you know years ago I had this workout partner who was a just a, a fitness and workout fanatic, and, and what I mean by that is she measured her food intake and her activity level all the time. She was fanatical about it, and she literally would run something like. 20 miles a week. So every week about 20 miles she would run because she was a she loved just moving. She would do Pilates classes, yoga classes, boot camp classes. And then on top of that, she would work out with me or me and her would lift weights together about four days a week. I don't know how she her body was able to put up with this. She had incredible, obviously incredible genetics to be able to handle all this. She would consume about 1,600 calories a day, which considering all that activity, that's not much at all. And she would notice that if she went over 1,600 calories, 
a pound would come on her like right away. And she used to tell me like, man, I have the worst genetics. Like I just get, I'm just, I'm destined to be fat. Like anything I eat over six, anytime I eat over 1600 calories, I gain weight. And I used to tell her, you're doing way too much working out. You're eating too little. If you just focused on the stuff that we do together where we lift weights, let your body build a little bit of muscle and speed up your metabolism. I used to tell her like, watch what will happen. Watch what will happen. We used to get in these conversations. She would have a step tracker and she'd show me, oh, 20,000 steps today, 25,000 steps today. Mm-hmm. And I used to tell her like, you're eating 1,600 calories. Your metabolism is, is adapted in the wrong direction. Like you're going to make this a nightmare for yourself. And so little by little, I'm, I, I can be pretty persistent in, cons- in, in convincing over the course of, because I worked out with her pretty regularly for about two years. Over the course of the first year, I slowly got her to back off to the point where she stopped running marathons and then she stopped running and then she stopped taking all these extra classes and all she was doing was lifting weights and doing yoga and that's all she was doing. By the end of that first year of her doing this and moving into the second year, she got to the point where she was able to consume 2,400 calories. That is 800 more calories a day, so almost 1,000 calories a day more every single day way less activity, she would maintain a body fat percentage of 15 or 16%. And she would have these weekends where she would go on these trips with her, you know, her husband or whatever. And she'd eat like cake and enjoy herself chocolate. She was a big chocolate fanatic. And she'd come back and she'd be like, Oh, let's see what happened. And she wouldn't gain a single pound. Her metabolism completely switched. And I remember we had this conversation. She was like, you used to tell me this and I didn't I didn't believe you. I thought that, that 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 you were just bullshitting me. She's like, but it's a trip now. She's like, my body just burns everything off. And all you all she did was she just changed the way she she did things, changed it so that her body adapted in a way that was beneficial for her lifestyle. And that's what you need to do when you when you start working out. Otherwise, you're going to be in this yo-yo situation where yeah, you'll lose some weight, but I, you're you're going to gain it back. Statistically speaking, the odds are you're going to gain it back. Next question is from JMac384. Would you guys ever go to Burning Man? <laughs> you know what's funny? This is something that Sal this. has been wanting for some time since we started, man. Yeah, yeah. you know he's been, he's been rooting for this for a he while. He already bought his tutu. And you know the crazy yeah. thing is, of the four of us in this room right now, if people were to guess who's been to Burning Man, <laughs> the last person people would guess is Doug. Yeah, he's the only one that's been to Burning Man not once. He's the most adventurous but out of the group. Twice, right, Doug? Yeah. Yeah, two times. You've been there two times. What is it like? How long ago was it that you went? 2003 and 2005, so it's been quite a long time. What's it What's it like? Yeah. Okay, this is how I describe Bernie Mann. Take Mad Max with Cirque du Soleil plus Dr. Seuss, and then you have Bernie Mann. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing some drugs, and there's wow. Bernie Mann. Well, I think that's... I think, <laughs> yeah. I think everyone he just named is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure Dr. Seuss was high on some it, shit. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. 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 There you go. You were saying the prep to go to Burning Man is the crazy part. Well, first off, you have to secure the tickets, and now it's getting kind of crazy, I think. Yeah. Now, back then, I think there were only 30,000 people out there, mm-hmm. or 35,000 when I was there, but I think it's doubled at least... Since that time. I so. think it's hitting over 100 as well. Oh, is it? I, yeah. I think so. I think I can't remember well, the last one I heard. It's crazy. So my guess is it's mm. a different place now than it was when I went there. Mm. Is uh, it super dusty like everybody oh, says and dirty? Yeah, it's, it's really dusty, dirty. That's, and then they have these big storms that sometimes come through and you have to batten down the hatches and put on your masks and your goggles. I think I'm the least excited to do that yeah. out of all of us. I would rather go to like Coachella. Yeah. Like I would rather go to like a music festival and party and hang out there. 
than than Burning yeah. Man. You know, yeah, music. Burning Man's a little driving it would be great. Well, what's the premise behind Burning Man? I know it's like this sort of like a commune thing, right? Like initially, like people would all go there to be away from like you'd have to trade things, interact with people yeah. and honestly, I think for a lot of people it's a way to get outside of your ordinary environment and experience a, a different way of of life. So cuz people for example here in the Silicon Valley were so wa- wired up and dialed in and, mm-hmm. and go 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 all the time and then you go out there and it's kind of free and you right. can be you know whoever you want to be and not have all these social constraints that are keeping you from really experiencing maybe uh, some of these aspects of your life that you're suppressing. I feel like it's uh. a big, like, just, I'm going to express whatever I want out here. Mm. I think it's extremely, like no trans- judgment. I think it's extremely transformative for some people. I yeah. really do. I think it just like ayahuasca and all this other woo-woo shit that everybody loves to talk about <laughs> right now, mm. I think it can be very, tra- and, but I also think if you're somebody who r- recognized that you potentially are that person who's plugged in all the time and you do things like, Go take a trip for, I mean, for most of my life, we used to do this trip that I missed big time. So I could see doing something like Burning Man, although I would have no desire to go there that much, is we go up to Trinity Lake and it's up above Mount Shasta and just there's no cell phone reception up there. You're up in the Redwoods. You have just the lake, your camp, and we're there for 10 days. And, you know, I'm, I'm showering in some like, you know, area that everybody's showering at the at the bathroom over there and it's like you're living you in a play tent. cards next to the yeah, fire exactly all we're doing yeah. is playing cards we're we're listening to music out we're on the we're floating around the boat we're fishing we're wakeboarding we're doing all these things we're interacting with each and we're there with like it turned into a huge group of like 50 to 60 people that were family and friends and relatives that would all come to this area and it was such a it was a such an important thing for me that I, I cherish more now as an adult than mm-hmm. I did as a kid growing up. But I think if you do things like that in your life on a pretty regular basis or make it a priority once a year to do so like that, I think it really helps keep you grounded and connected or whatever fucking woo-woo word you want to use. But I think that with Burning Man, it's so transformative for some of these guys that have never or girls that have never experienced this like actually being out in nowhere you know it's like holy crap this is so weird yeah. so different the, the longer we go without going the, the less i i want to go yeah because it, it feels like yep. everybody's going that's why i don't feels, like to, I, know. I don't want to do what everybody yeah. else is doing bro yeah. It's, yeah. it's not cool anymore to me bro it's, it's just, not once it's once it's turned into this like oh it, it's, it's like what uh, the the sort of when i was in the midwest right so i grew up in santa cruz and i was around a lot of like radical hippie type characters and people that like express themselves like you know to the nth degree and then i'm out in chicago and now i see um like in the suburbs i see like kids like these teenage kids you know like wearing the ponchos and like trying to be all like dreadlocked out and it's like like no you know what i would (laughs) rather do like no like you're not like it's not cool like what you're like they're just posing as like you know they're trying to be that and it's just so like i'd rather take i'd rather take you know the four of us invite five to ten of our closest friends family with that and we were to head up into our own place that we go to that's out in nature, you know, that where we could shower and be away from dust and dirt and shit like that, but still out in the middle of nowhere, kind of, right? And 
there we can do all the LSD oh, and awesome. fucking all the shrooms that we want to. <laughs> and I'm with all the people that I love and hang out with and enjoy that maybe I don't get a chance to see all the time. Like that I would way I would way rather do that than go out to somewhere in the middle of the desert where it's dusty and shit. I, you with, know, I'm sure there's um, you know, we haven't been there, so I'm sure there's something I'm sure it's an, experience. I'm sure it's an interesting yeah, experience. Yeah. Here's the thing, like here's how I think mind pump would go really i don't think there's any other way we would go is if somebody else invited us and yes. and set provided it up. an rv yeah like if somebody said to us like hey we're doing we're bringing this group of people and we want mind pump to come and we're going to take care of all this stuff and it's going to be set yeah. up and then we'll talk about it later yeah you then know, on I, a podcast. then i feel like yeah then i feel like we would do it otherwise if it was on us to plan and i don't i don't nah. think it's gonna happen doug i have a question for you what did you wear did you dress, <laughs> did you dress crazy did you express yourself you know, I didn't do it like some people. I I did have, you know, my goggles and my, my hat and things I wore. Do you wore, have pictures from Burning Man? There might be some around somewhere. Yeah. I'll have to see if I can find those. Did you go all steampunk? But, nah, not full on steampunk or anything like that. Oh I'm, I was I probably a little bit, steampunk. you know, normal. Conservative. Yeah. Conservative. <laughs> I tend to be that way in life, I guess. Besides the fact that you were walking around with no pants on. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Just, a, just, <laughs> just a minor detail. Shirt. Just the shirt. <laughs> Keep everything out. I mean, I, I think it would be cool to go just to, to check it out, but it's... Like I, I said, if there's a group that invites us and has all that shit set up, yeah, that's the only way I could see us all being like, all right, let's do this. Let's make this. Otherwise... I don't see us planning because it takes a lot from what I've heard. Aren't we supposed to make something too, Doug? Aren't we supposed to like- You don't have to. It's, a, barter, to, it's a barter economy there. So people often bring things to trade or just give away. So people are like super cool. But it could there. be anything, right? It could be anything. So Sal, we could have Sal giving out sexual favors in yeah. turn for us to you get could like have him water. Be our, he'll right? be our uh, crawling man For slave. example, there was one- <laughs> oh, God, that's so true. <laughs> God damn. Who the leash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's this one camp. It was close to our camp where they all they did was wash hair. Oh and, wow! That's and they cool. weren't expecting anything from it. They just uh, come on by, get your hair washed, which is kind of nice when you're all covered in dust. Yeah, yeah. we'll just answer fitness questions. There you go. <laughs> Give us food and we'll answer so your. Fitness We're gonna questions. do our trigger session <laughs> sessions. Super boring, right? Oh, so lame. No yeah. one's lining up at our place. No, and forget that. No. All right, so check it out. Uh, download our app. That way, you can search our 700 plus episodes for topics that you want to listen to specifically. It's a free app, Mind Pump Media. Go to the App Store and get it now. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now, plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>